Howdy folks, and welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and today we have a great one for you. Today we're actually hearing stories from Robin Warman, who uh, was referred to me from Preston Ward, Mountain Physio, somebody who's been on the podcast before. Uh, but Preston let me know that Robin has some great stories, and he's a great storyteller, and Preston was absolutely correct. Uh, today, we hear a lot of uh, what is a very unique circumstance of, as far as hunting experience. Uh, Robin is in, from England, lives in California. His wife's from South Africa, so he's actually done a bunch of kind of do-it-yourself South African hunting, which is not the norm. Normally, you hear people going on guides. And granted, in his stories, he runs into guides, that's for sure. Um, but it's still super unique, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I want to thank Robin again, of course, for jumping on the podcast. Couldn't have done it without him. And um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go ahead and now and let Robin tell you his stories. All right, Robin. Welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast, brother. How you doing? Hello. Uh, good, good. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. I'm I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. You you've uh, you've I've been able to tell your excitement from the second we got connected. I haven't told you this, or I told you briefly, but you are uh, I think the third person in a chain of recommendations of being like you got to hear this guy. So <laughs> so so far, Armando Martinez of the Bowhitch, and then he said Preston Ward. Uh, of Mountain Physio. And now you're here, Robin. And unbeknownst to you, you've already introduced me to someone else that's probably going to continue this chain. But a, a bunch of great storytellers. So I'm excited to have you here, man. Yeah, no, I'm excited to uh, try and convey some of that excitement. <laughs> I don't, Absolutely. I, I think I realized maybe that's what Preston was realizing when I was talking to him. I was supposed to be talking, I mean, so a bit of context Preston is a, a physio for bow hunters. But um, instead of talking about uh, my injury, I think we spent about 75% of the time just talking about my hunting stories. So afterwards, same. he's like, you should. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Yeah, he helped me out with an injury from this last elk season where I, I fell, compressed a disc in my back, pinched a nerve. But like I would always connect with him about getting some you know, physical therapy. But yeah. all we'd end up talking about is our next or his hunting. And I was living vicariously since I couldn't hunt anymore. Uh, but we're getting off track right off the bat, Robin. Let's start this thing off right. Let's introduce you who you are to the folks that are listening to the podcast today. Okay. Well, uh, my name's Robin Warman. Uh, I'm a relatively new, some would say rookie here, I guess, bow hunter. I've been doing it for, I think, four years now, four years of bow hunting. Um, I live in Northern California uh, on the coast, uh, just a, a small little farm uh, maybe a couple of miles north of Fort Bragg which is funny because most people for some reason seem to have heard of that town even though I'd never heard of it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and uh I yeah I work as a writer um and that's kind of what brought me over to the U.S. uh seven years ago and um yeah as sort of the freelance lifestyle has now enabled me to get out and uh, get after some animals in these last few minutes, which is great. Yeah, I'm very Let great. me ask you about, about your hunting. So you said four years. Is that when you started all hunting and you just immediately started with bow hunting? Or did you do some hunting beforehand? I did do some hunting beforehand. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I started hunting, well, apart from a very small amount of hunting in England, which I did, and that was like a light dabble. Um, I guess my family weren't ever really hunters. Um, so I wasn't exposed to it a great deal when I was young. 
which I'm always very jealous when a lot of people I meet who are hunters, you know, they grew up hunting. Dad was a hunter, dad's dad was a hunter and yeah. in the whole family, you know? So uh, that, oh, that uh, ability to just pass down information and that kind of like free access to just like yeah. how, to, how to hunt would, would have been very, very nice. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, said, I've said it on the podcast before, Robin, but like I hunt now to fill up that knowledge bucket to give it to my son. Like, I know I'm never going to be Cameron Haynes. I'm fine <laughs> being terrible at this, but hopefully I can make my son pretty good. And, or no, my that's daughter, good. Wh whoever nice. wants to get out there. So yeah, it's all exactly. about, you're exactly right. It'd be super nice to have that. I didn't. And, you know, I'm sorry that you didn't either, but hey, let's let's do it for the next generation, right? No, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess from the beginning, I was kind of learning... Um, in the dark or is it like wandering around in the dark trying to figure things out mostly just scaring animals around so yeah apart from a very small amount of uh hunting in england which um i don't know if you know about rules and regulations for firearms in england notoriously strict so yeah. all i really could get my hands on was an air rifle <laughs> <laughs> and it was like running around shooting rabbits and squirrels and um the occasional pheasant actually um oh, which was okay. great you know great fun yeah That's, it is what it is i think even the limit is in england is like 12 foot pounds is the maximum for an air rifle oh um, interesting okay so it's i know nothing about hunting in england all i know is that when everyone compares it to like the north american model of conservation i'm doing finger quotes everyone um yeah. they, they they say it doesn't compare but i really don't know anything um because it's never really been on my list of like you know i gotta go hunt in england so so, well, I mean, it can be on your list of things to do. I'm sure if you meet someone who's got lots of land up in Scotland in England, then that would be perfect for you. I'm sure we could, <laughs> maybe, maybe I can try and find someone for you to talk to. Now, uh, but it's, I think it's that old school, uh, old money kind of system, right? Where it was actually illegal for the, the peasants, the peasants yeah. to hunt um, big game. So as a result- Animals are owned by the king, correct? Exactly, they are not owned, owned by, by the-, king. the people like they are here and all the king and all his wealthy friends so <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like continued on i guess so yeah basically you um unless you kind of want to spend a lot of money and hunt deer up in the northern part of the country you you're not really going to have much access to stuff other than small game you can do some shotgun hunting often more in the west country things like that um, that's okay. pheasant hunting is very popular. Okay. So you didn't really dabble too much then. So like what, I know you you said you moved to America, what, seven years ago, four years ago, you started bow hunting. Like what was the catalyst that got you bow hunting? Cause like that's, that's jumping straight into the deep end, Robin. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good question. I'm trying to think about how to get to that in the simplest way. <laughs> probably a bit more information that you need to know. So the first big game hunt I did was actually in South Africa, which sounds incredibly privileged. And I'm aware that most likely is. Um, but my wife is actually South African and I met her in South Africa when I was uh, doing uh, a job mm -hmm. work. So it was only after being married for, I'd say, five years that um, hanging out with her family there, um, they happened to have like a farm way off in like the the desert a desert area in the middle of the country called the Karoo okay it's in South Africa and um they invited me to go hunting with them which are you know 
amazing. Like you're not going to turn yeah. down. I, having relatively little experience hunting, um, I mean, if, yeah, okay, I want to go hunting springbok yeah. in, in South Africa. Yeah, let's do that. And did they say you have to use a bow, or is that just like your weapon? So that was? actually wasn't with a bow. So okay. that, that was actually rifle hunting. And if I'm honest, it was actually very like farmer, down and dirty hunting. <laughs> My family were here. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but but basically, like I'll set the scene. Um, we kind of arrived. It's quite a long way from Cape Town. It's maybe an eight-hour drive or more. Um, Cape Town is the city, uh, the capital city in the, let me get this right, north, uh, the southwest of the country. So like an eight hour drive, long time, maybe nine hour drive, 10 hour drive, got there and um, we arrived and my, uh, I guess, stepbrother or my, my wife's stepbrother was there, 14 years old at the time. And uh, he's excited, look in his eye, his name's Stefan. <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, you wanna go hunt some Springbok? Like literally been there five minutes. We've just got there. I'm like, yeah, sure, right, why not? Let, let's go, let's go. So 10 minutes later, we're ripping along dirt roads, like dangerously fast. Stefan is driving, like, and has been driving apparently since he was like five <laughs> years old. So he's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. We're like ripping along like 60 miles an hour. And um, I'm like hanging on for dear life with a rifle between my legs. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not loaded. <laughs> and uh, yeah, suddenly we just screech to a halt and Stefan's like pointing furiously out the window across saying that they're there they're there they're there you need to shoot them shoot them shoot them you know that kind of like only frenetic 14 year old excited energy that you can get yeah so at that moment i look across and yeah there's two springbok there like looking and their springbok are i'm trying to describe what they're like they are actually the national animal uh, animal well excuse me the national animal of south africa yeah and this amazing lean almost like deer size they're probably biggest they get to is about 90 pounds um, they've got this white stripe across the side of them, white and black stripe, one stripe. And they do this amazing pronking, this amazing, if you, you ever take a moment, look up uh, Springbok pronking. They do this amazing like jumping where they can jump like, I don't know, 15, 20 feet. Like it's like a mating kind of dance type thing or when they're excited. Huh. Anyway. Yeah, Google them. They look, for those out there, they look a little bit like an American antelope, like a pronghorn antelope. Um, if it was like, high fashion it just it's like more streamlined i don't know i don't know how else to put it no, it's like exactly a more right. streamlined the yeah. antlers aren't as like robust they're more they're pointy, stocky. Like, the whole animal is just more sleek than a, than a pronghorn but it's like a Ferrari version of a pronghorn almost but pronghorn pretty fast but yeah but i don't know fast. i would if i'd put my money on the pronghorn being faster but that's besides the point <laughs> go ahead okay so yeah i like look out the window and yeah look two springbok amazing cool so i open the door to like get out and and stefan just like shuts the door and shakes his head as he's looking at me and he's like just shoot out the out the window man like <laughs> like uh okay this is not exactly what i had in mind in my like fairy tale image of what uh hunting big game animals is gonna be i'm like oh, yeah. okay fine thankfully um the regulations are different in South Africa and you can use uh, suppressors. Like, okay. So was the vehicle enclosed or was it like an open roof Jeep? It was, um, closed. It was a, it was, um, a truck. Sorry. I was okay. going to use the word Bucky cause they use the word Bucky in South Africa. Um, yeah. So just like a regular white farm. Okay. Truck. okay um, got it. Yeah. So slid the, uh, slid the rifle out and it's, um, 
what is it, 22, 250, I think they used. Um, like a very high velocity, low uh, weight bullet, like a 50 grain bullet, but like shooting like 4,500 feet per second or something crazy. But anyway, I like line up the things, I don't know, 200 yards away. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just like, put it, aim it at its body. I don't, and at this point, they haven't told me anything. They haven't told me like anything. It's like, they don't know where to shoot it or anything. I mean, I think I may have done a bit of cautionary research beforehand, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, have behind. you ever fired a gun before? Um, let me think about answering that question. No, I don't think I, no. Uh, I think I may have shot some low um, power center fire rifles back in England. Okay. Not really, not, not, I'd say very little to no experience shooting a rifle. Okay. There was, there was no moment beforehand of like, Oh, let's go to the range and let's do some <laughs> procedures. Let's do <laughs> none of that. Anyway, sling more. Get in the car off. with yeah. a 14 year old and go crazy <laughs> with the gun. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, sling the gun out and uh, take a shot and bam, it makes makes a noise. It's like, yeah, you hit it. You, you shot it in the head. Uh, <laughs> it gave me a look, gave me a look like you've done this before, right? And I'm like, uh, I mean, okay, cool. I just thought I'd like keep quiet about it because I, I didn't really want to make out like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the beginning of, of I don't know. We were there for a week, maybe. We we got the got the Springbok and yeah, pulled it, chucked it in the truck, and got back and yeah, showed up within twenty minutes That's of arriving so with a Springbok in the back of the truck, which is very exciting. I got um, I got to ask. Um, this is so. This is a very abnormal first hunting experience, right? Oh, so yeah. the uh, and it was so whirlwind and, and all that, but like death is a big part of hunting. We've all been there and I've had this conversation with a lot of other guys on there, but like, because it was so like, it was, it was like an outer, like an other world, worldly experience there with that 14 year old. Did you even have the time to like, con like contemplate that you just killed something or, or was it just like, boom, boom, bang, bang, back to camp? Like, Hey, everybody, we're here. Like, yeah, it was definitely, no, I know exactely what you mean. There is definitely, yeah. uh, and, it, and I don't think this ever goes away. Like the, yes, absolutely. You know, the act of taking an animal's life is always meaningful, you know? Um, and, and I think you feel that even more if it's like the, the first time you've shot something big. I mean, obviously you feel that with rabbits and other things as well, but like you've got like a, you know, yeah. 70 yeah, something. And I think um, if I remember correctly, I think it actually actually going deep into the memory banks now i think it was actually like i think i spined it just high up and um so it wasn't completely dead when we got to it so that's always tough as well right yeah. so yeah i think at that point i didn't know much about firearms because stefan the consummate professional 14 year old done this for like <laughs> since he got spat out of his mother's womb yeah. um, he like pulled his knife out and was like let's let's get it but like i think i mean yeah I think I was like, let's just shoot it in the head. You know, let's just shoot it in the head. Expand it quick, yeah. Expand it quickly. But what I didn't know is that that's like a very high power expanding um, bullet. So, yeah, <laughs> took that shot and there was like, <laughs> there was nothing left of a... a <laughs> it's, I think, it was like I a think I found, Tarantino movie where just... Pfft. It was. I didn't yeah. know what was going was gonna to be happening when I did that. So, yeah, I think we managed to find one horn like 
10 feet away, but that was it. There was nothing left. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I a, that's a beginner that. mistake. I've done some similar things in my first big game kill. I, uh, I should have shot a second time. I had a 50 caliber muzzle, muzzle loader, but it was on an elk. But I was just like, no, I'll just sit here and watch that animal die. I was like, this is awful. I hate this. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'd never, it didn't cross my mind because no one ever mentioned it to me to shoot again. So, no, absolutely. You never know. Different experiences, man, but uh, all still crazy. But continue. Sorry, Robin, I'm, I'm interrupting. No, no. I, no, I totally get what you're saying. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's hard to like, um, it's, I mean, it's easy to be hard on yourself as well, right? Like when you think back to those moments, you're like, oh, well, why didn't I do the obvious things? But like the adrenaline's pumping. And yeah. you don't, you're not, you don't actually maybe have like the experience or no one's going to be like, oh, this is what you should do. So yeah, it's easy to yeah. make some strange choices. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best lessons are self-taught, right? So yeah, I mean, uh, looking back on it, you're like, nope, wouldn't do that again. So oh, maybe, sure. same, think, same for me. Same for that's me. a pretty good precursor to some stories I have coming up later anyway. <laughs> Making <laughs> weird choices in the moment, that's for sure. So definitely some stuff that I've done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's a, that's, that's such a whirlwind intro to all this. So, um, I don't know if you want to continue any more about that first hunt, uh, in South Africa, or if you want to dive more into like what then brought you to archery. Yeah, I think uh, kind of in, in a nutshell, like that hunt was more of the same. I think there was a bit of walk and stalk hunting in South Africa of those springbok, but mostly it was, um, driving around in the truck, getting a moment, and those springbok have amazing eyes. I'm sure it's the same with um, with uh, the speed goats. What are they called? What's the Pronghorn. Yeah. Pronghorn. I hate the term speed goat, but I still can't remember. <laughs> you know, I was so, same thing. Like you said, you went springbok, you did a little bit of preliminary research. I went antelope hunting for the first time last year. And so I did my research. Turns out uh, the, the pronghorn antelope aren't antelope, like at all. They're actually goats. So speed goat is a better term than a pronghorn uh, antelope because they're not related to antelope. They're actually a different species of goat. Okay. Um, but okay. either way, yeah. They, but they, they have phenomenal eyesight. It's ridiculous. Like right. two miles so, away, they're looking at you. Exactly. And it's the same with Springbok. Exactly the same. So they see a truck, a farm truck coming, and they, they'll they run, you know. It, unless they've got their wits. Yeah, very easy. They'll have their wits about them. We see them running over a mile away. But sometimes they just, like, got their heads on in the ground, and you get a chance, and you can – come up over a ridge or something and get them. So uh, there was a lot of hunting like that, um, but also a bit of walk and stalk. And that really interested me. You know, that seemed way more, I guess like my feeling kind of was like fair chase was a bit of a thing in my mind. Like, oh, you know, it's yeah. great fun. It's high octane, but yeah, like getting to a point where I'm like, ah, I feel like getting on foot and kind of trying to uh, like level the playing field is definitely yeah. something which feels like more of a rewarding um, challenge, if that makes sense. Of course. Of course. No, I, I agree with that 100%. I, I switched to archery just because I didn't want to hunt in November in Colorado because I was so cold. Um, um, but <laughs> that's an absolutely legitimate reason is like to increase the experience, right, of the actual yeah. hunt and not just go grocery shopping. So exactly. And I'm and there's nothing wrong with hunting with a rifle and I have done it and, you know, we'll probably continue to do it at some point, but like, thankfully at the moment I have luxury of time and there's strong desire to try and get better. So, yeah, you know, it just means like throwing myself into the bush and just trying to learn as much as I can is, is where I want to go with a bow. It seems to be the best way to do it. But so I guess I, to kind of answer your question in a very long winded way. And uh, the reason why I got to using a bow 
was, um, I guess I made a quick succession of events. Basically, I realized like, wow, hunting is fucking awesome. And I need to go <laughs> back to America, which is like, oh, I've heard it's pretty good hunting back in America, <laughs> despite the fact I've been there for like however many years and not done any. So then I kind of opened, you know, opened a whole can of worms, getting my hunting license and all that kind of procedure, learning how to do all that stuff. And um, I did get a rifle. I did. I got a 308 and um, did some hunting with that. But also at the same time, just in a search, I think it was, I was, it was in a quest for more knowledge and, and like interactions and kind of opportunities to learn. I did my uh, hunter certi certification but then also did like there's a bow hunter certification and it just so happened that there happened to be one being held in my local town which is very weird to me because there's nothing in my town it's in the middle of nowhere <laughs> so, yeah so that was a moment then where i basically i didn't have a bow but i like went and i got chatting to the guy that was holding the uh, holding the uh, the event and and then he told me about it and then basically said like i have a bow at home do you want to have a go with it and that was that's what got me hooked basically i went went there and he actually just ended up being two two roads away and yeah. shot his bow for a bit and i was like okay this is what i need to do yeah. and uh, was he that, was he similar in size to you i know that like you and i were big guys was it hard were you shooting it like four feet in front of your face like not your no <laughs> yeah. points i mean yeah exactly i had no frame of reference about like what correct procedure was at all yeah. so i mean i would say dennis his name's dennis mcgyver he's a local guy shout out to dennis um <laughs> he uh yeah he he's like five foot eleven maybe um okay. so yeah i mean like i'm six four and i have ridiculous monkey arms so like my draw length is 33 inches oh wow that is long man i'm like 32 and i'm six four okay so like yeah that's 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 a long draw. You're you're out of like most regular bows at that point, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I guess my my first two bows were grossly too short for me. So <laughs> only only like the last six months, I actually was like, okay, I need to just like pony up and buy one of these bows that will allow me to actually shoot a proper draw length. And oh, the difference is so nice. Yeah, I'm at the very top end of like most like longer. Like I have the RX7 Ultra. Okay. So it goes to about 32. And I had before that I had the um, Parker Poison 32, which went to 32. So it was maxed out for me. But uh, any longer, I, I don't, I'm sure there's ones out there, but I, you know. Yeah. That's there's crazy. A, there's, there's only, the, I think you're the longest draw I've ever talked to. I think uh, Derek Wolf, who says he's going to be on the podcast at some point, I don't know if you know who he is, former Denver Bronco uh, football oh, player cool. that okay. killed a cougar in Colorado pretty recently and, and went crazy in the news. He's got like a 34 inch something draw. He's, he's a monster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely, he's probably got the same limitations, maybe even more limitation. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, just trying to retrain my train of thought. Oh, so yeah, it was really through that that got me into bow hunting. And um, I, I guess I jumped very quickly from rifle hunting to bow hunting for some reason, despite knowing nothing about hunting and making a bunch of mistakes all the time and being schooled by nature at every opportunity. Yeah. Um, I decided I should do the really hard thing of trying to bow hunt. And uh, really <laughs> that mostly just involved me taking my weapons for a walk around the woods for like a whole year. Yep. <laughs> And several, several years for me. I know that I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Exactly. So, 
yeah, just the, the frustration of bumping things, but also probably not even having the opportunity to bump things. I don't think I was even good enough to bump something. I think it was walking away before I was even aware of it. Like, I think I was at that kind of level. I mean, I had a couple of close calls, but yeah, I, I really didn't know what I was doing at that point. The only thing that did happen by the end of the first season was actually my first big game animal in the US, which was actually a bear, a black bear. So um, it's a bit of a jump as well. Like I do things all around the wrong way, I think. But yeah, I um, was hunting up in the north coast of California and I had my bow, but I also had my rifle with me, which was lucky. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I was like uh, hedging my bets, you know, like, I mean, who are you kidding yeah. at that point? But I've done the same thing. Even I think even uh, I was in Texas and I was going for Axis deer. And I was okay. like, if there's an opportunity, I'm just going to bring every weapon I can. I want to use my bow and that's why I'm carrying it with me. But realistically, I know in my head, my rifle is what I'm going to use if I see anything because I don't want to I don't want to miss the opportunity. So I've yeah. done the exact yeah. thing. Now it gets to that last like the time's ticking and the pressure's on then. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine. That's fair enough. I don't actually do that anymore, but at that point I think I was just like, Oh, I need a backup anyway. And actually it was lucky I took it because I like, I went through for some reason, I went through like a period of like breaking my bow so many times. <laughs> like I think it was just not really knowing the equipment, not knowing what the parameters were or whatever. But for some reason I like the night before, like, I got, I drove all the way up. It was probably a three and a half hour, four hour drive to this area. Found a spot that I thought was good, although it really, I didn't really know, but <laughs> by accident, it turned out to be good. It was actually through no talent of my own. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I got to a spot that I thought was sweet. And I think I like drew my bow back and I was like, oh yeah, this looks like a great spot. And I think I like swung my arm around to see what my I don't know what it was like my my range of like what area I could cover or something not having any idea of understanding like if I should yeah like I talked the hell out of my bow at full draw and then pop like this to my to my absolute horror the string popped off and I've got no yeah like what am I doing like I didn't have any idea about how or yeah how to get it back on I mean I didn't have a bow press or anything with me so yeah yeah at that point then i was like oh shit okay well i'm gonna i've got a few more days here so yeah i just the next morning i went back to that area which was like a very steep valley with like a river running through and um i just went up there and and i don't know probably got up at first light or before first light and made my way up the river and then just perched in that area and uh yeah i was waiting for a blacktail deer to kind of come by because I had actually seen one run into that valley and um then a bear just like came along uh, yeah. black bear I don't know 200 ish pounds not a big one okay. yeah and, and yeah I, it was kind of that that moment where you know actually I'm not sure you kind of mentioned this before but like it all happens so fast and also if you're like new you don't know exactly nothing is um intuitive because you have no you have no prior experience so you're like oh what should i do you know like yeah okay that's a bear and it is about eight yards away from me right now no way <laughs> and the being the total new that i was it was just trotting along minding its own business not worrying didn't know i was there at all and i hadn't even chambered around so i like 
well, I guess I was being safe. I don't know. I like, then I like, <laughs> chambered around very, like, I mean, trying to be quiet, but like, how quiet can you be? The very distinct metallic noise of a, of a 308 bullet going into a chamber is right. not going to be something that blends into yeah. the, you know, you the hear sound. that everywhere in the woods, right? It's just. <laughs> Every exactly. morning, as soon as when the birds start chirping, and then you start hearing that metal clanking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I chambered around, and that thing like immediately was like looked at me like I was you know like my head was on fire. It was so obvious. Um, but then it kind of ran. It just ran up the hill, maybe thirty yards, and then just gave me a perfect quartering away shot. And that was a moment that I was just like, well, just gonna like just need to take a shot and see what happens, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah, bam, it was a good shot. Like I think I maybe hit slightly forward, but I mean like I mean if you shoot something yeah, with a rifle, not a problem. 35 yards away with a 308 rifle, it's like, you know, it was it rolled, it like went down and yeah. And uh I was kind of like gave it a moment. I think I heard like the it's funny in hindsight now I know I heard like the bear death moan, the thing yeah. which is like a specific thing with bears, right? Um I don't know if you've ever hunted bear. No, I haven't. I've I've hunted bear and I've gotten terrified hunting bear and then not shot the bear, and, but I've not actually put one down yet. So it's on it's on my list. I feel a lot more confident that I'll be able to get there, but I it, that's on my bucket list is just to hear that death moan. I hear there's probably nothing more human like than that. Yeah. Um so it's I think it's important for me personally to to experience that. So Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, I guess that was a bit of a big boy jump um, for the old um, mental challenge of like taking a life. I mean, having obviously having Springbok being the first thing, but then jumping straight to like bear, which is like similar size to me. Yeah, um, yeah that was definitely a big shock. And also at this point, I don't think I'd even researched like, oh, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I, I think I'd like looked up some manuals about like how you're supposed to gut a deer and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it's pretty similar <laughs> to a springbok and all that kind of stuff. But like, oh, like a black bear, what am what do I do now? Yeah. So yeah, I guess I think I managed to like like the thing went down super quick. So I was like, okay, I know where there's a spot with signal. So I like ran. I like ran, I don't know. <laughs> mile a mile and a half as fast as i could to like a spot where there was signal got like tried to like get some information about like okay the process for like you know gutting a black bear and what you're supposed to do all this kind of stuff because i was like oh i don't know if i feel confident going into this without any knowledge and uh yeah i, I guess i just like winged it i i like went back but then stupidly i mean this is like again not my proudest moment. Quick <laughs> <laughs> stations of a noob. I was like, ah, oh, it's like, I took the guts out. What's that? Like 170 pounds? It's fine. I can just carry that out on my back. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. And so this, yeah, that was like one of the hardest physical efforts I think I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Because How far back to, to your truck? Not, no, not too bad. Not too bad. Probably a mile, maybe a bit more. Yeah. Maybe a bit more. But the thing that complicated that doesn't sound too bad. Two things. One is that it was in, as I said before, a very steep valley. So this valley is like 50% grade, like, and and probably I want to say like a hundred, 
maybe a bit more than a hundred feet. So not crazy high, but like when you've got to get something out, like yeah, you know, like a hundred plus feet of elevation. Yeah, it's, on a ninety percent, you know, yeah, or a ninety degree angle, like no thanks. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. Like I guess, I guess it's like a what is it? Like a forty, like a forty-five, 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 40, degree, like yeah. a forty-five degree angle, roughly. Um, and the thing's like a hundred and seventy-five pounds, and not it's not like all the other like Springbok or other things like where they've got like a handy set of handles stuck to their head. You can pull the thing. <laughs> it's like a floppy human shaped, like yeah. dead, like God, dead weight too. It's so heavy. It's, it's oh, like doubles it. Exactly. So heavy. So like the only saving grace of that was that I actually read my tag stuff and I did it all. And it said like, what you have to do with bears in California is before rigor mortis sets in, you have to take a, a, a stick and put it in its mouth um, because they like to, you had to give the skull to them you had to give the skull um to uh, people like scientists who are going to like log the information they they want that data so yeah. basically if you put a stick in there when the rigor mortis sets in it's easy for them to get in and take a tooth out if you let it just clamp shut then it's they, they get pissed off with you apparently <laughs> so being good i like was like okay i'm gonna find a, a stick thankfully i chose like a strong stick because i put that stick in its mouth and then that became my handle and I managed to tie, I like tied some paracord around it. And the only way, I mean, I carried it on my back along the flats and then I got up like, I don't know, the first third of that, that hill. And I was just wrecked. Yeah. I mean, I was wrecked, like, but panicking because I'm like, oh no, I've shot this thing. It's covered in fur. So it's going to be even more like, I mean, that was the thing I read in the information. You need to get the skin off as quickly as possible. And like get it like get it down cool it's down cool, because it's yeah. like wearing a giant jumper or a sweater i should say for, for the american audience <laughs> so yeah i think the only way I, I managed to get it up this slope was um by like throwing the paracord around a tree putting it around me and using all of my weight whilst trying with one hand to pull the bear up like inches at a time inches like yard by yard to get to the next tree throw the rope around pull it up pull it up oh yeah, I was very, very tired at the end of that procedure. But <laughs> that says something about hunting that like such a terrible experience and you went back and did it again, right? Like you continued <laughs> hunting after like the the hunting itself wasn't the hard part, but after that pack out, you're you're going for more. And that says something about how amazing hunting is. So I don't know yeah. if many non hunters are listening to this, but I'm sure plenty of hunters are like, Yeah, no, I get it. I've had some of the worst moments of my life right after harvesting a great animal and they wouldn't change a thing about it. Right. And I'm sure you wouldn't either. Yeah. And it's like such a complex and like powerful series of emotions, you know, like yeah. it's like the, the joy of finally finding success. And then like, you know, the taking of a life, the panic of maybe like all being for naught in yeah. like, am I going to waste this meat? Like, all of that stuff, because also that's all compounded by a complete and utter lack of knowledge. So you don't really know like, Oh yeah. What, what's going on, you know? So it, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's definitely an intense experience, but like, I mean, I guess that's what makes it so interesting. And that's definitely why, yeah. why yeah, absolutely. like I've got to do it again. Got to do it again. Yeah. I got to ask, did, uh, did all the meat make it out? Like, 
with you not these uh, you know taking the skin off and all that. And I know it wasn't too far, but it still was probably a long pack out. Did did it, all the meat survive? Yeah, the meat survived. Yep, it did. Um, all of it survived. It was fine. I I actually skinned it out once I got back to the truck. I had a tarp and I put the tarp down, okay. skinned it out, and then got it on ice um, reasonably quickly. I thought that I'd ruined it, you know, at the time, but it's fine. It's, <laughs> And to be honest, like it's the best meat, like bear meat is now my favorite. It's the best. It's so yeah. Good. And I think from what I've heard, it can really vary what you know what they eat. If they're yeah. like a, if they're a trash can bear, then then that's probably not going to be a very tasty bear. But um, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, it was just at the end of like a very intense berry season. So I'm guessing it just eaten the yeah. Time. Like, that's what I've heard. I think uh, meat eater. I'm sure you're familiar, Steve Marinella, meat eater, all those guys. Um, they tell a story about they were coastal bears, right? Coastal bears eat fish. Yeah. Uh, and he was at this, he was in, up in Alaska and he went and this guy's smoker is out in his yard and he's like, God, you got to clean that smoker. There's just it reeks of salmon. He's like, I've never smoked a fish in that smoker before. That's all bear. Cause when they eat nothing but fish, then they yeah. taste nothing like fish. And if you had one, like a, a bear that is from a berry season is like the number one bear on my list. Cause I can't imagine that being more delicious. Um, I also think I heard this on meat eater as well, that like, if you read a lot of old literature of the Western frontier, hunters mm -hmm. would kill bears for the food. They'd kill yeah. deer for the hides. Yeah, so yeah. I actually have not had the pleasure of actually eating beer bear. I've had plenty of beers, but I haven't had any bear. Um, <laughs> probably too many beers tonight, which is why I can't talk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, I heard it's awesome. And I can't wait till I finally put one down. I'm, I'm super excited to, to try it. So yeah, for sure, man. I mean, yeah, I think um, I don't know what the rules are where you are. But definitely, I think it gets easy, um, gets easier with like baiting and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, I'm in Texas. And where I am, there's no bears. It's like the one animal we have, we have springbok of all things, but we don't <laughs> have bears down here in Texas. Well, maybe Eastern. Um, but I do still do plenty of Colorado hunting and I, and there's like a complimentary, like if you get an elk tag, you can get the bear tag. And so someday oh, cool. while elk hunting, I'll run into a bear. So yeah, it's, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've had it happen. I just haven't figured it out. I haven't, I've harvested the bear, but I've definitely run into him. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it can happen real quick as well. Right. And there's definitely a moment I've had, I've had black bears and this is other stories, which I won't necessarily go into now, but like, Yeah. You like look over your shoulder and they're like four yards away from you and yeah. just walking by is definitely a moment where you're like oh okay <laughs> do yeah. i want to start like running around with a weapon right now and like just yeah. <laughs> i don't know it gets a point where you're like you don't really want to give this thing a surprise it's probably gonna go badly that's exactly how i felt when i got up on that bear so <laughs> well, to be honest, Hi, Robin. yeah good I think with black bear, at least in my experience, they tend to at least touch wood. I'm going to say this now, I'm going to curse myself, but like I've had quite a few encounters with them and they tend to always just be more like cautious and scared when they see me rather than Agreed. Agreed. Never, never had an experience with the Grizz, never been to Grizz country. So hopefully that never happens. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still building up the courage to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, black yeah. bears, they're just big fluffy dogs basically as long as you don't run into mama bear it's not a problem so exactly um, but robin i know you got some other stories for us um i don't know if i do yeah in particular you want to dive into otherwise I'm, I'm excited to hear some of your uh your south africa hunts i know you have yeah. some there but you take you, you set the stage let us know what the next story is uh i do have a few more stories yeah and i'm 
by all means if uh, if it gets too late then then let me know i'll happily turn it you need to turn the tap off <laughs> <laughs> well keep going man keep going um okay so yeah i think then actually it's kind of all kind of flows together to be honest so after the bear and after eating great many delicious bear pies um <laughs> was the next trip heading to south africa to see family my wife's family over there and um that was the first time that i actually took my bow over there and that was yeah. just fucking brilliant you know like i bet it was great and how, like, and how old's your brother-in-law now <laughs> i feel like that's important to the story <laughs> yeah actually sorry is my is my brother-in-law i think he's my stepbrother my wife always gives me shit because i always get these mixed up he's my stepbrother <laughs> okay <laughs> I should, I should correct that now. Corrections corner. Let's go. Um, but anyway, he's now 18, actually. Yeah. So, okay. Um, but yeah, I was back and this was, I, I guess, like three years ago. And um, at that point, I had my bow and I tried to do some hunting in the crew again. But it's a very tough environment for bow hunting. Not impossible, but very tough. Like it's very open, kind of semi-desert environment. It's a lot of like sagebrushy kind of stuff. Very low, um, very kind of um, antelope kind of kind of terrain. Yeah. I've seen. I've not been there, but I've seen numerous hunting videos, as I'm sure. Yeah. We, we all is it is it as flat as antelope country typically is, or are there rolling hills? Or? There are rolling hills. It's a lot of flat, okay. but also rolling hills with some kind of like big kind of mountainy sections as well. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so that can be very tough. Like, but you can make things work with like dry, dry river beds and things like that. But that was very tough. But thankfully, um, uh, my wife's mother's husband, <laughs> whatever that, whatever the term is, I'm, I, I think in Af Africa, stepfather-in-law or something. Stepfather-in-law. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In, in, in Afrikaans, they describe things and they always do like the list of people's wives, mothers, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so he uh, is from that area and has a lot of friends um, with land and, and opportunities for that. So that was great. So I got to do a bunch of hunting there. Um, sadly, I, I had some real close calls, like I got really close to some kudu and springbok and other animals, but couldn't just couldn't quite close it as due to like inexperience, you know, bad luck, all those things. Yeah. But uh, he did introduce me to um, a friend who has a, a farm, a game farm on the east coast of South Africa called um, Tace van Niekerk, actually. And he was a really good person to meet because he's actually, he shot um, archery for South Africa. Oh, wow. Okay. Also, yeah, so like knows his stuff, you know. Yeah. But also is a bow hunter and owns like a giant game farm. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, good person to know. Exactly. So he he has a lot of bow hunters go there. So it was perfect. It was really good to like go there and learn from him. You know, stalking a bunch of animals, uh, making a ton of mistakes. And I'm sure you know we've all been there. We've all made a lot of mistakes. Like when you're new, it's hard. Um, it's very easy to get like frustrated. Yeah. But I guess it's all part of the process. And I guess the thing that was really nice and really good for me about going, and I'm sure it's probably the same in Texas is is like uh having a lot of opportunities to mess up means that you can just make so many mistakes and learn from them so much quicker than if say for instance like public land hunting in california yeah in just you know i would say like a few days of hunting in south africa is more opportunities maybe i'd say probably 
some one day in South Africa is more opportunities than I've had in public land in like four years in California. You know, there's just so fewer, so many, like so many um, less animals. Yeah. So yeah, but that was great, you know, like chasing all kinds of animals around Kudu, Eland. Um, I should probably explain that. Kudu are the kind of like elk. They're amazing. Um, they are called, what are they call the ghost. The gray ghost is what they call them. And they're these like amazing animals, uh, 700 pounds, curling horns that kind of curl all the way back, pointing above my head. But yeah, probably yeah. 60 inch long horns and like these big majestic curls. Um, yeah, they are cool. I'm Googling these things as you bring them up because I've heard kudu. And if I had to pick it out of a lineup, I'd say it's 50 50 chance I'd be able to do it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're very cool with like, they've got like white stripe, they've got like a darker, yeah. silverish, blackish fur. Uh, but like white stripes going down the back half, they're a super cool animal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're very cool. There's a lot of very, very cool animals there. So I got a lot of chances to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of chances for success, but I did get some success. Um, I did successfully shoot a uh, something called a Steenbok, which is spelled S-T-E-E-N-B-O-K which is uh, ironically like I was trying to stalk things like Eland, which can be like 2000 pounds which is basically like a giant wild cow i think they're the biggest antelope in africa oh wow but steenbok are some of the smallest so those things are <laughs> like yeah like i think what they get to what how big 26 pounds when they're fully grown that's it i googled it that's the exact number that it tells you is the, the size for for these steenbok they're yeah they're critters they're tiny they're tiny it's amazing they're like i think the turkey I shot like a week ago is big, way more than the steenbok I shot. And the funny thing is that steenbok, I mean, I managed to walk and stalk that steenbok, uh, like through the bushes, through the the the, uh, the felt, they call it in South Africa. Um, I think it was like a 30 yard shot. Uh, yeah, I managed to stalk on it and, and get a shot. It like, they have crazy reactions. It turns, so it wasn't the perfect shot, but like it absolutely smashed it. And um, yeah. Yeah, it went down, but it turned out that that was actually like a trophy, a trophy buck. And the funny thing <laughs> is, like its skull is like tiny. I would say its skull is probably four inches long. And, no and the, horns, the horns, which are trophy horns, are three and a half inches long. I think it scores like a nine and a half. Um, uh, like out of ten or? No, no, no. I, like, you know how you get like a what like a four, okay so like measuring the inches elk, of the horns you put it together like with 400 the elk or okay. whatever yeah. you know whatever ratings yeah it's like i think it scores like nine and a half or something ridiculous that's, that's so crazy. funny and that's a trophy <laughs> yeah so that was hilarious Do and you it still was have crazy. that or like are you able to bring that back from south africa i don't really know about like traveling with that kind of stuff there are rules yeah there are rules i didn't um i didn't take it back the first year but i did actually just bring it back now um I wish I could show you, but uh, I actually just gave it. To a, I gave it to a friend who is um, a local who loves to collect skulls. Yeah. So I thought that he cool. would, I thought he would appreciate it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have it sadly, but um, yeah. So I, I managed to get that, and uh, also went and sh uh, hunted some wild boar as well. So I got a couple of pigs, which was great fun. Um, yeah. So it, there was definitely some success and progress, which felt good. And then the, also the great thing was, as I, as I mentioned before, Tace was like a really good mentor there. But when I shot that Steenbok, 
he, um, you know, I called him because there was actually signal there. And he said, don't go anywhere. Just wait. I'm going to come and I'm going to teach you how to track it. And he like went through the time, the process of like teaching me how to look for blood, how to like examine the tracks very, very carefully, you know, read like, okay, you could see like, this is where it ran really hard. So it's scattered. And then you can see, okay, it's swaying. This is a good sign. And okay, it's going through this bush, which is a good sign. It means that you hit it well. It wow. It's definitely... Um, so the level of detail of like how to track was was crazy and like That's the time amazing. yeah the time that he took to do it because it actually turned out the thing was like 40 yards away 50 yards away but we took a good 15 minutes 20 minutes stopping it's like never get ahead of yourself as the thing he taught it's like just be very patient be very slow yeah and and so you know so good that's exactly what i wanted right i wanted to learn those skills and they became very valuable actually later when I got my first black tailed deer. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you've actually been able to like retain them and then use them. So go ahead, I'm getting ahead of I'm getting ahead of you. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, absolutely, it it was it was absolute gold dust that information. And it's funny. I think you're always like, at least for me, I speak for myself. (laughs) I'm always like fearful when I learn things like, Oh, I'm probably not going to remember this. I'm a bit of a scatterbrain. So yeah, it's like in one ear and out the other, as they say in England. Um, so, yeah, I'm always a bit fearful that I'm not going to remember stuff, but that was definitely, that went in, you know, that stayed. Yeah. So I, yeah, I got back from South Africa and then actually managed to squeeze in. I think I got back in September 2020, maybe. I think it was around then. And um, yeah, I was in... Uh, another area of like, public land and I was working up another river. I just seemed to have good success working along riversides. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, um, I saw a buck at, I think it was 37 yards. And the thing was actually, you know, I was taking my time. The wind wasn't perfect actually, but at that point I'd always been so uptight with my kind of inexperience I'd always been like, oh, the wind's no good. I think I'd always get frustrated and be annoyed almost. Like, oh, the wind keeps changing. I've got no chance, you know. I think it's more like, I guess, fundamentally like a fear of failure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're uh, counting yourself out before you even like gave yourself the opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think at that point, maybe after getting a couple more animals um, on the ground and learning a few more things from the guys in South Africa, I, I was basically just like, okay, it's not perfect. I'm just going to go down this river anyway and just see, see how, you know, see, see what happens. And, you know, a few hours later, I then find myself looking across the river at um, uh, a black-tailed deer, just looking at me over. Um, there was a dead log fallen sideways, and it was like head was poking up over the top. Maybe I could see it's like shoulder and like half of its vitals, but not the yeah. whole thing, you know? Yeah. And so at that point, you, again, how, f- how far roughly? 37, like the- 37 yeah. yards, 40 yards. Okay. Distance. It's called archery for a reason, right? You drop it in there. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of, I, I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? This thing's just looking at me. It's not going anywhere. And it's like chewing. So yeah. I don't know what, what to do. I think I'm just going to drop a shot in. I think I'm just going to drop an arrow in there. You know, and that was actually something taste taught me, which is like walk and stalk hunting. It's never going to be perfect. Like yeah. you, you're going to have to figure it out. Like sometimes you just got to throw an arrow, you know, Absolutely. Not, not in any way, like be reckless, yeah. but I think you can be like, um, 
hindered by like fear when you're when you're starting right you absolutely i'll say that i i shot a lot of like indoor uh you know and you don't you don't think about that like you just shoot and i, I didn't really like it i did it so i could be better at hunting and okay. then i started shooting 3d archery and i remember the very first time there was a target it was like 50 yards and i couldn't see its body and i was like but i'm supposed to shoot from here so that means like this is archery like let's just drop it in and like i was like the, all of a sudden i had like a i just had a moment like of clarity being like oh my goodness i don't have to see the body of what i'm shooting it's still going to hit where my yeah so it's it's super cool when you get the opportunity to shoot like that if you do archery and you haven't shot at some things that you can't fully see because of the angle of how the arrow is going to be dropping in you got to get out there and do it so yeah but continue I'm, I'm, oh, for sure continue. i totally agree with you. i totally agree with you it's it's very cool it's like yeah. there's got to be some perk to shooting some very slow projectiles um, you know, like yeah. that's got to be a benefit. <laughs> if you can shoot over something, then that's got to be great, right? Like over yeah. line of sight, then then great. So that was kind of what I decided to do, and it was a pretty. It would would have been like a squeeze, you know. I knew that I was going to have to clip just like just over this log in order to get it because it wasn't far behind the log, just yeah. like. Yeah, so I, you know, took my time. Everything felt good, lined up. I'd been practicing a lot at that point, so I was very confident at that distance. And, um, yeah, I drew back, took the shot, let the arrow fly. And then to my surprise, like, crack, I hit, I hit the thing. I hit it, but there was an almighty crack sound. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know what that meant. Now, now I'm sure. Shoulder blade. Shoulder blade. <laughs> loud, loud, loud noise. It was sort of like shots made me jump almost. But then the thing actually jumped up. And what I hadn't realized is it was actually laying down behind the log. I thought it was oh. standing. So the trouble was what that meant was that in the position that it was laying and showing some of its body, the log was a lot lower than I thought. And it was actually, if you think I'm trying to describe this for podcast ears, <laughs> but like rather than something being like a flat on broadside shot, suddenly the animal is tilted with a spine away. So that means that the arrow is coming through. It's hitting slightly high anyway. And instead of going through the vitals, it's going straight up into the shoulder blade. Bam. Hits that shoulder blade. Uh, so the arrow snaps and it then drives all the way down the shoulder blade. And so it, do it doesn't, it's not, a, well, I mean, I don't, that'd probably be a fatal shot. But the thing that surprised yeah. me is that what I thought was standing then jumped four foot up in the air onto the bank was suddenly yeah i think i was so surprised and inexperienced were you using a fixed or a, a, a mechanical fixed. broadhead okay i was using a fixed but at the time i was shooting axis arrows with those insert kind of um yeah i guess those inserts they're called like hit inserts or something yeah so they weren't great like i've changed i've since changed i can use those at those shafts but like i found outserts work much better you know like a full metal yeah. strong no. so anyway yeah so it, it it broke and then you know shattered and went down the shoulder blade so anyway i saw this thing jump up i was too dumbfounded to grab another arrow <laughs> and it, like <laughs> then just like ran off up the hill to my horror you know you're like oh no i've just like taken a risk and this thing has not worked out yeah so tough, but still yeah it's tough so then proceeds the, the, the stuff that I was taught by Tace. Okay, be patient. Like sit down. I think it was like give it like an hour, wait, 
I waited and then I got there, found the arrow, you know, it wasn't too far away, broken off a lot of blood, but it was like muscle. And I would have gone straight up the hill because that's where I thought I saw it run. But I looked for blood because that's what Tay said. Like, don't just go where you think they are. Step by step, look for the blood. And like what proceeded was the most painstaking, I think like two and a half hours of like finding drop by drop maybe. And it's not a heavy bleeding area. Yeah. Like maybe every 10 to 15 feet, you know, I'd see like a speck of blood, just one speck of blood like in this everything green i don't know if you've ever been to like northwest coast i mean you spent time in oregon right so you know yeah yeah oregon and washington i've spent plenty of time so i have, I have like an idea foresty kind of yeah. kind of environment. It's super thick everything green yeah so just yeah just like absolute terror mixed with focus <laughs> you know fear, <laughs> fear of like just ah, oh, if i just like wounded this thing and i i'm never going to find it again and it's like deep thick rainforest um but yeah that's something that every archer like thinks about so i've I've been doing this long enough to like injure anything and not retrieve it but i've only killed a turkey with my bow right so but like i know that eventually i will not get the shot that i want and i eventually an animal will just be hurt and i won't find it and so it's just part of the game i think it's sad um but yeah you know it's part of the process yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things right like um yeah, no one likes to fuck it up. No, no one yeah, plans to. The best way to put it. <laughs> but but you know you um you're choosing to do something way harder than just point and click. You know, um, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of factors, and so yeah, that tracking process, as stressful as it is, it's yeah, it's like a well, it's fun if you succeed. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. So obviously the tracking worked out. Did. Did, did it be, I'm assuming the critter got away in this story. No. No. Okay. Well then keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, two, and a half, two and a half hours of, uh, of tracking, like painstaking, like on my hands and knees, finding drop after drop. I probably traveled, I don't know, a third of a mile through some like relatively perilous terrain. <laughs> there was definitely <laughs> some points where like very steep uh, Canyon had like, landslid away and there's just tiny animal tracks through it you know and i saw that that's where the tracks had gone but it was like i've got to just figure out like do i want to try and get this thing i don't know how i'm going to come back like what am i going to carry like a 150 pound deer on my shoulders through here no no i'm not so i don't know how i'm going to figure this out later but i'm just going to try and follow it so anyway it got to where i was tracking and then looked up and uh it was stood there looking at me broadside like 17 yards away just dead no still. way and it, and i was like wait is this the same deer <laughs> like i need to check <laughs> like i'm not just going to shoot another buck right now yeah and um yeah it, 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 i you know gave it another look and and just bam next shot was straight through the heart and and then it like kamikaze just jumped it did that like deer jump the like lunge of the heart shot jumped and like just belted all the way down the hillside yeah, of course down to the bottom down all the way it's like sheer steep to the bottom where the river is and um yeah snapped an antler off and uh, everything so yeah it hit it hit hard yeah um, did you find the first arrow in when you were cutting them up yeah i did wow. i found it it was the shoulder blade was shattered and it hit the scapula 
and like the way the scapula has like a raised ridge edge it hit that and then drove all the way down the like kind of in line with the spine okay uh, like towards yeah it didn't hit anything vital it would have just probably slowly bled out and probably yeah i don't know i mean I don't know if it would have survived, but it was definitely it was definitely like significantly injured. It was limping, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Crazy, I mean, man. it's not that's not so happy. cool though that you took that practical knowledge that that guy took his time. Like you could have just walked and found that that steambuck. You know, it was 40, 40 yards away. Exactly. And he took his time to teach you that, and it paid off in the in the future. Like the, your next hunt, right? It paid yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, that's super cool. You're gonna have to teach me all of that stuff, Robin, because I don't know any of it. <laughs> oh, happily, happily, dude. Um, yeah. So it was definitely a uh, glorious moment. Yeah, and I think I again was like, oh, I know, I can just carry this thing out on my back again, stupidly, rather than like, so that was ridiculous. So I think I definitely damaged a vertebrae in that. Yeah. Yes, at that's some what, point. And that's how you met. And that's how you met Preston. Uh, let me ask you this: Have you bought a better backpack? Have you bought like a backpack or anything to like? I like, do. I have one. Backpacks? I've got like a giant backpack for pack. Like I don't know. I, I you're just, you're just like I don't need to use the backpack that I bought it for. You know, I'm just gonna throw this whole thing on my shoulder. It gets yeah. It gets to a point where I'm like, oh, it's probably quicker to just like sling it on my shoulders yeah. and get out, right? But that's, that's the big guy syndrome. Everyone talks about Napoleon syndrome, you know, like being overly <laughs> aggressive for the little guys. But the big guys like, yeah, I could do this. And then we hurt ourselves because we think we can do more than we actually can. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. I do need yeah. to. It just seems like oh, just cutting this thing up and doing like four packouts is going to be a mission. So or like two packouts even. It's going to be just 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 to get in one go. But yeah, I definitely next time. <laughs> next time, I definitely need to do it properly. <laughs> well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Cool. Well, uh, I know you have a few more stories. For I us. do. I so do. If you want, if you want to just go with the natural progression, or if you want to jump to one, you tell me, man. This is yeah, fun. Let's, I'm, um, I'm having a good time. This is this is unique. We don't often hear about. Uh, first off, I don't know if I've had anyone hunting in California before. Okay. Uh, I also have had only, I don't think I've had anyone hunting it. I think I just told you DIY South Africa. So mm-hmm. you've got a very unique perspective to your hunting beyond the fact that you're <laughs> like new to it. Um, never yeah. mind the fact that you're English. Like uh, I don't know <laughs> if I've talked to any, any English hunters ever. So this is cool. Okay. K- keep going, man. Keep going. This is fun. Yeah. A few, a few firsts. Um, yeah. So, okay. Let me think about this. Um, I think then, I mean, amongst a bunch of other fun stuff, like hunting with, with a bow, I've done a bunch of like duck hunting and, uh, turkey hunting and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like the next, um, I went back, um, this is actually, I'll, I'll tell another story about South Africa. Um, a really good trip I just got back from in South Africa, actually. But before that, um, this was a few months ago. I say a few months ago, I guess it was last year, the end of uh, deer season. Um, I was back in the same area where I shot the bear, but the bear, the bear got their revenge <laughs> or the bears got their revenge, <laughs> their revenge on me. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah. Did they st- yeah. I'm just waiting for you to tell me they stole your picnic basket or something, but go ahead. man. <laughs> yeah. of, of sorts, of sorts. So, um, yeah, I was hunting in a similar area, a different river, excuse me, but working my way through through a river. And uh, yeah, it was actually my like last day that I could hunt. I was working a lot last year. Um, 
you know, freelance, freelance job and it was very intense. And I managed to get like a bit of time off. And I basically just was like down to the wire. I was had already supposed to, I was supposed to have left and gone home. But I was like, um, you know, I'm here. I'm, I could give it like two more hours. What I could just get home later. So I like went back down and came up this this river area and and yeah, just came around the corner and uh, what there was a blacktail deer, like a fork. And in California, you've got to have a fork or at least on one side for it to be a legal buck. By no means was this a big buck. No, yeah. this is a last moment, last chance. Yeah, I'm not going to be on the freezer right now. Yeah, this is yeah and so i was like it was in felt because that's kind of like the way the seasons are quite funny in in california that it's quite hot i think it's in july august time that was when i was hunting so i was super close um 17 yards although i think i guessed it was like 18 yards or something like that maybe 17 yards and then it moved a bit. I think it ended up being like 15 yards or something super close. It doesn't really make that much difference when it's that close. Yeah. But it was like quartering two. And I, I didn't actually have that much knowledge at the time of like where the best place to put a shot is. And I think I did actually instinctively aim a bit too far back at that point. Because, I mean, even a slight quartering toward shot, I'm, yeah, I'm speaking very obvious things. I'm sure everyone knows this. But it's things that were like kind of, ingrained in my head is the old classic broadside position i didn't yeah. aim inside shoulder or shoulder whereas like with i'm shooting like you know a 70 plus pound bow 33 inch draw like the thing is it's going to go it's through. Like, yeah it's not going to be a problem so i didn't aim super far back or anything but like just the shot seemed good the, the the black tail jumped great like it jumped that classic way like oh that's that's a kill shot you know like and it ran up over like a hill 30 yards away and uh all guts right <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like i yeah. that's the funny thing i i waited like half an hour or whatever was like feeling good feeling confident all fine walked up to the arrow and it was like just like shit everywhere. There wasn't blood trail. There was just poop everywhere. <laughs> it was like, it was like, what's that like old fashioned seventies interior, like pebble dashed, like wall. It was just like the world was pebble dashed brown. Like, God, it was a harrowing. It was like pop, popcorn ceiling, just brown. Exactly. Oh yeah. So that was not my finest moment. Uh, but you know, you had to deal with like the reality, like another tracking job. Oh, it's just like killing myself, kicking myself at that point. Yeah. But now, thought, you're, like, now you're tracking the... brown in the forest, which is not the easiest thing to track, right? But the thing was, it was like a poop explosion and then no blood. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to stop this. Like everything it says you should do, like the papers say, like like the papers. <laughs> They're not writing about this in the papers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the manuals say, you know, you've got to get out of there and wait for a while. So I just like went away, you know, went back to camp, shot, um, you know, shot some target, uh, like shot at some targets, just tried to stay calm for like another hour or something. Yeah, distract Probably yourself. Been... Makes sense. And then, I, you know, I was like, okay, now I just got to like figure out like what 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 to do. There's no trail. There's nothing. So I basically just do like a circle of hope, you know. And literally, I walked. 20 yards up over that hill and i was like oh i can see something and at that point 
uh, it didn't look good. Something I don't know if you've ever. Well, I mean, it sounds like you have seen Black Bear, but sometimes it's very hard to dis, like determine what they actually are. They have this weird amalgamous. Is amalgamous? Is that the word? Like they just kind of shift <laughs> shape almost. It's very yeah. hard to determine exactly what you don't always immediately go like, oh, that's a black bear. It's just like, anyway, this thing jumps. You're 100% right. I'm thinking of an elk hunt I was on and we were glassing this hillside and like the morning before we saw some mule deer and some elk and we're like, oh, mule deer and elk. But then the next morning we're like, what is that? And we're like, is that a turkey? Like we couldn't figure it out. Like, no, it's way too big to be a turkey. It's just like something about them. You just like can't really tell what they are until you know for sure, right? Yeah, it's just like it's a big indistinct uh, like not distinct black furry blob right like it, it's very hard to know what it is so anyway the thing jumped and crouched down at me like a cat so first thing i like, was thought was like oh shit this is like a mountain lion on my kill probably should have been annoyed but i was like cool immediately <laughs> <laughs> pulled my phone out <laughs> and was like oh i'm gonna just try and video this thing as i approach it and um yeah, and then it soon became clear that actually, oh no, that's not a, a, a lion. That's a massive bear. I mean, massive to me. It was probably four hundred pounds. That's a uh, that's a big black bear. That's a big yeah. black bear. It was it was much bigger than the other bears I'd seen. Big old belly on the thing. Yeah, and you're it, not throwing that one on your back and walking out. No, that's for sure. But it kind of like it, it almost if if any animals can look like have human emotions, it looked at me with disgust and disdain. And like just walked away it didn't run away like it just like walked off from the scene slowly like with occasional glance over its shoulder just to look like annoyed that i was ruining its party yeah ruining its meal so i got to the you know the black tail from what i could see i'd shot it despite the you know the poo factory that that the the blood trail was it had died in 50 yards 60 yards you know like bam straight down so i don't know what happened there but it was a complete crime scene like the the bear had chowed like first like the back of the thigh in the butt like in the guts in the like everything like chewed its ears off chew like neck actually i don't think it got the neck it got like inside the armpits like oh just so interesting just grabbed it and and i thought like okay there's a lot of torn, like open wound kind of stuff. It looks just like National Geographic. Like, it, you know, it just looks like the Sahara or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, okay, well, this is not a huge deer. This is like, uh, you know, probably 90 pounds. I know, I'll carry it out on my back. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, we got a common theme here, Robin. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was, it was pretty light. So I just um, made a backpack out of its... Uh, uh, this is this is a trick I learned. Like they'll cut cut in the the um the arms, the forearms, or whatever, yeah. and you can poke the back ones in, and then you can make a pack out of it. So I mean, maybe it was a bit less. Maybe it was like 75, 80 pounds. I don't know. Yeah, gutted it and then just carried it out on my back and got it out. But yeah, that was definitely um, gutting and processing that like claimed deer was definitely a bit of a oh, I need to have eyes in the back of my head. Right. Because, now, let me ask yeah. I, I don't have any experience with this kind of thing but like the meat that the bear chewed on did you just kind of like cut that bit out or like is that meat salvageable and you throw it into like a, a ground or, or how does how does that work out? No, i have no idea 
It's a good question. It's a good question of which I should probably get back to you on. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll eat some of it and tell you how it went. Well, so I, you know, I'm working through some of the other meat in my freezer at the moment, but I have, so actually when I got back, I didn't think it was so bad, you know, like, I, you know, it, like the arms, like the front arm, one had been like chewed up in the shoulder and then like one back hindquarter, both hindquarters took a bit of a nibble, but one more than the other, you know, um, it didn't look so bad, but when I got it back home and I took the skin off, took his pajamas off, wow like the level of destruction was unbelievable like and what what the bear had done was yeah he'd broken through some of the hide and like eaten that stuff and some of the organs and stuff but also he'd like nibbled uh, almost like if you can imagine like biting like biting your arm and then tearing bite tear bite tear bite tear so it, it was like all the muscles underneath were just like ripped and destroyed and like Wow. Really like broken. So like seeing all like just the fibers like torn with the force of this bear chewing on this poor tiny deer. That's crazy. Yeah, like the level of destruction was really surprising. I can send you a pic if you like at some point. It's pretty like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, please do. I'd I'd be interested in seeing that. Hopefully I can stomach it. But yeah. Yeah, no, I'll I'll send you a pic. So it, it, I, the funny thing was the only thing that didn't get chewed were the blessed back straps. <laughs> they were like totally unscathed. So that was great. And the neck was fine. And then, you know, like basically I did, I just cut around. There were like these deep teeth marks, even like deep teeth marks with like bits of leaf and stuff deep in the muscle from where the teeth had gone in and pushed like injected bacteria food into the muscles. So huh. yeah, I, I did salvage uh i don't know i think i got like 25 pounds 30 pounds of meat maybe i don't know 20 yeah that's not bad especially with the back straps right you probably got the tenderloins as well they probably were pretty untouched or did yeah. when he went in and got the guts did he rip those apart too yeah he ripped uh he ripped the tent like i it was such a crime scene inside the cavity like from my my poor shot and it being like such a gut explosion yeah. that's a good that point it was it was like really filthy inside so that was not salvageable, sadly. But I mean, better than nothing. But like, so the funny thing is, it's like if I had followed the rules, if I hadn't followed the rules, and if I'd done what like a uh, you know a regular noob would have done, which is like just charge over the top of the hill. Yeah, might all would be have been fine. Dead there on the ground, you know, and I would have been fine. Just like great success. But like, <laughs> I guess you can never really know. No, like no situation is yeah. going to be the same. Exactly. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Um, in California, bear tags, are they just like in Colorado, you get your elk tag, you can basically pay another 30 bucks and you can get yourself a, a bear tag as far as a resident. In California, did you have a bear tag when you saw that big bear or, or, or did you just have the black tail tag? I did have a bear tag. Um, and it's, but you were too busy videotaping the yeah, mountain lion. I was, right? yeah, I, <laughs> you can't get a mountain lion tag. Yeah. <laughs> so I was pretty committed on documentation now i you know what i that's a hindsight thing where i was like oh if i could have shot like a big black bear at that point uh, maybe that was like an amazing bait situation but yeah i don't to be honest it all happened so fast i don't think i had time yeah. maybe maybe now i would think about that because i would probably be like oh okay maybe there's a buck that's like potentially in a very high lion bear area like there are a lot of predators around there so I could have I could have been thinking more about that at the time. 
yeah, but so I did have a tag. I didn't take a shot. Um, didn't even occur to me, to be honest. Didn't you? I was actually mostly happy about getting the deer. You know? Yeah, no, I'm sure I would have done the exact same thing. Wouldn't even thought about the other tags and just been like, oh, no, I found my deer. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool. That's it, he, I think I made it as a joke, but he kind of did steal your picnic basket. No, literally. Yeah. Took yeah. it, tore it up, like messed it up and then put it back in the basket for me. <laughs> made me think, yeah, it's okay. It's all fine. No, no, no. I took the basket home and it was pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, let me know how that meat is. Um, I'm I will. Curious. I will. I had the back straps already. They're great. I mean, like, it's, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you've ever shot, like, it's, it sounds bad, but like, lamb is lamb for a reason, right? Like, young animals taste really good. So, yeah. As, apart from being through the bear blender, yeah. If you can get the salvage bits, then it's, it's really tasty and very tender. Yeah. I've heard that in general. The younger, and, and also, I, I don't know if this is true at all. Uh, but I've heard that like, and the term they use, and I don't know if this is just that guy's term or an actual term, but a wet mother, which means like a mother that is like lactating. Yeah. Uh, I hear they're, they're top notch. And specifically what I'm talking to is hogs. So here in Texas, we have lots of wild hogs. I've been on a wild hog hunt and the hog meat that I took home with me was a lactating sow and it was delicious. Like I ate that for two years cause she was huge. Um, and okay. I've heard that like the, the big boys are not that delicious. So uh, like, I don't know if it's true or not. Cause I haven't had any other pig to compare it to, but um, yeah, younger, smaller, and who knows, maybe lactating mothers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific niche, but I like it. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. But is it suckling? Wait. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, like the Texas boys that I was hunting with, they were like, squeezing because it's got like you know eight mammary glands and they're squeezing yeah. and shooting milk at each other it was a ridiculous <laughs> it's a ridiculous moment i was like what what the hell's going on right now but uh it definitely know. does uh, it definitely does become a moment um that transition when when it's like the horror or like you know the trauma does start to wear off i think once you've like shot i mean like i don't think maybe it's different for us too but like some people they've shot so many animals that like that that's long faded away to the point where yeah. just humor humor becomes a more prevalent uh, element. <laughs> yeah, especially in, in Texas, right? Wild hogs are a huge problem. They just rip apart agriculture and all sorts of different stuff. And and that trip, I didn't kill any because I just didn't see any. But we as a group, we killed seventeen hogs. Wow. And the guys that were doing it were like, we do this every weekend. So like to them, it's probably just it's like working at a. Uh, a slaughterhouse right they're just processing meat it's just what it is to them so but yeah they were still having fun with it <laughs> yeah you actually reminded me of a side story of um one of the pigs i shot in south africa the first time it was it was one of those funny things i don't know with pigs with bow hunting it's like sometimes a shot can be great i mean i didn't have an expandable broadhead i was using a single blade broadhead so sometimes it just doesn't quite get all the stuff it needs to it was a double lung just like perfect shot fine but we had to track it for like 45 minutes i think to get huh. finding the spot like i had a guide with me at that point and um yeah we got got into it and it got to the point of like about to take a shot but the thing was completely on its last legs but it was like dropping getting up dropping like you know, just really like giving it the good fight. Like it was unbelievable. There's an amount of times this thing got up and then fell on the ground and got up again. It was yeah. like, in my mind, like 
pretty poignant, you know, like pretty emotional. I understand emotional, but like, you know, like quite shocking thing to see. And that, sure. I was like, it's like, you know, you're in that moment. And then I look over and my my guide is like cracking up, like going like, oh, have you seen this big? It just won't just stay down. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Like, <laughs> what a range not- of emotions between <laughs> you and her. That's yeah, crazy. exactly. I was not expecting that response. But I guess, you know, you just get cold to it. If you do that every day. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, as far as that that shot you said you took on that hog, I actually just, I'm going on a hog hunt in 10 days. Okay. Uh, it's just west of Austin. And Ooh. this guy was like, he's like, are you going to archery hunt or are you going to uh, rifle hunt? And I was like, well, I'd like, to, I'm going to bring both because I, I'm not going to miss the opportunity, but I'd like to archery hunt. And so he sent yeah. me a video specifically about pigs. And I don't know if the the pigs that you're talking about there in South Africa are like, I mean, here we basically have domestic pigs that are just yeah, roaming around like a wild a wild boar right? exactly like, yeah but like the you know the boars that they have in africa are a little different they got this one though those ones two that i shot there are actually like european boar that were brought over in like the 1500s or whatever okay. and like i've been running amok ever since you know like they're yeah. real that's problem just as much there as they are in texas you know Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, he said this video and basically it, it talked about the anatomy where their spines kind of go up and they drop down in and like, unlike ungulates or deer and elk where their spines go up and just follow the top curvature of their backs, they actually yeah. go into the center of their body because their heads come out of the center of their body. So their, their vitals are all lower and basically a quartering away shot is what mm-hmm. you want. Like you don't want to take a broadside shot because there's nothing there, but you want to do quartering away um and low like bottom quarter so i just learned that so hopefully i get to apply it yeah for sure. <laughs> in 10 days. even, even we'll like see. a side on shot is fine you just need to be like low you know not yeah. crazy crazy low but just just low of middle i think yeah it but just like fine. kind of where their head comes out compared to a deer it just yeah. pushes all of that you can hit that, neck, that high neck area and if you just yep. go through that then it's not gonna yeah and they're not they're not creatures meant for running so they don't have the big lungs that deer have right they yeah. they're, they're just little garbage disposals basically so they have these little lungs and little hearts and so it's a, it's a tough animal to, yeah. to kill with a bow so i think they're supposed to be one of the smartest animals in the world but like i'm i don't know i'm yet to see it they've, they've been pretty like <laughs> pretty dumb like I, i'm unbelievable i've seen them sometimes where it's like i don't know it's almost like they just get to a point where they're so clever that they accept their own fate they're like yeah. like i've been on hunts where it's super windy and it's almost like the wind is blowing, all other animals become super aware, you know, and like looking around extra and being extra attentive. But pigs are just like, well, I guess it's my time then. And they just bury their heads in the ground and just start snuffling and don't even bother listening. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I can send you another video. Like once you've hunted enough pigs, it gets to a point where you can like creep up on a pig and be throwing rocks at it from like five yards away, bouncing. And it's like, whatever, yeah. like it doesn't, it's like, doesn't even... Yeah, it's crazy. How they that's can be- funny. And it's funny. I actually, so I have a podcast that's going to come out one week before this. So everyone's probably already heard it. But the last story he tells is he shot a sow and she had these piglets and he just walks up on all these hogs and they don't know what to do. So he just starts collecting them. He's just picking up these baby pigs. <laughs> and his thoughts are that like he can get them to maybe call in some predators with their squealing. But he yeah. puts these baby pigs on a leash and <laughs> and goes hunting with his with his wild baby piglets. So it's a crazy story. So it's not out yet. It's going to come out. Let's see. What is today? Today's April 10th. That's going to be the 17th. And this episode is coming out the 24th. So um, 
you got to check it out, Robin. It's a pretty funny story. Short episode, but for sure. Stories. No, it's hilarious. Those baby pigs, they get when they're really young, they can't. I mean, I, I saw it last time I was, I was there in South Africa. Like they can't see very well. And like I had them like, like my pH or my like hunting guide was laying down looking. We were trying to get like a big pig that had gone into some reeds by a river. And he just crawled up and was looking down the bank trying to see. And this baby pigs were just like engulfed us. And these baby pigs were <laughs> crawling along, like walking along, like by his leg, like three inches, like turns to look at like his, his boot. And is like, Ooh, what's that? Like, doesn't, just, they just yeah. have no idea about what's yeah. going on. I've, I've heard, like you said, I've heard they're very smart. As smart as like the smartest dogs, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I should probably uh, get to the point. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be, we'll be here all night. Um, all right, man. Well, keep going. Keep going. I know you have at least have a turkey story for us, but keep going with whatever you want to next. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We can do – maybe we'll do that one last if we have time. Um, okay. Um, but, yeah, I guess like the last sort of like – couple of stories that go well together i'd say is like the last trip i just did in south africa like going back and hunting was um was really really good like i think that that was a point like a bit of a turning point of like learning and like also getting into that world of bow hunting there as well it was amazing so yeah i think beforehand i'd always like been like oh i'm just going to go see the family and i'll try and figure it out as i as I get there, you know, we'll try and figure it out that way. But um, because usually we're there for a little while, you know, like a few weeks. But this last time I was like, I'm actually going to put some time and prep in and try and actually like connect to some people. So I actually taste who I mentioned before, the guy who owns the the, um, the game farm over on the, yeah. the, East Coast, no, the West Coast. Sorry. I, I kind of just sent him a message um, and was like, oh, hey, dude, do you... Uh, do you like do you have any friends or you know anyone who's like up for really stupidly hard hunts like going off into like ridiculous areas and wouldn't mind me tagging along like and you know it was just thought like it's worth a try and he actually didn't even reply with a message he just sent me someone's contact details i was like like, here you go this is who you want okay so yeah that uh turned out to be a guy called caden who is um who I actually hunted with a lot in South Africa. And he, yeah, opened like, opened the door to like uh, South African bow hunting as well, very much. Like he's what, 23 years old, 24 years old. He's just got like a ton of energy, makes me like tired. He's so energetic. Like how <laughs> like, hunting with that guy makes me feel old. I'm like, well, I'm like 37. Yeah. And uh, oh man, like, yeah, he's like his level of enthusiasm and like just willingness to to just keep pounding and keep going, keep going. It's like inspirational, that's for sure. That's so, cool. Yeah, that's super doing cool. some tough hunts with him was really, really fun. Um, so yeah, we we did like some pig hunts. We did a lot of hunts, like chasing all kinds of big animals, kudu and wildebeest. Um, sorry, wildebeest. Um, using the wrong terminology. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, like Elan, we got very close to some Elan, but couldn't quite make the shot happen. And we got we got some pigs together. That was fun. We um, he actually like videoed some of them, which is great. Like that one day, he came pig hunting with us. He didn't even bring a camera, so that's just the kind of like the selflessness of a guy. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna like just come and help and have fun with you guys. Like I've never met him before. So that you, mean, was- you said he didn't bring a camera. Did you mean maybe he didn't bring a bow, oh, but he brought a camera? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. my mistake. He didn't bring a boat. Right. He had that's a camera. That's pretty cool. Just a guy who loves being there. 
Yeah, exactly. And he just loves it. And he's been hunting since he's like, I don't know, 10 years old. So he's just been doing it for so long. He's got like loads of experience. And uh, it was actually through those hunts with him. uh, I guess hopefully I like made it, I must've made the right impression on him because he then was like, Oh, you should come hunt over uh, in the Eastern Cape with a guy um, who's called Fred Hammer. Mm -hmm. Who's a, like a professional hunter. And he, he, uh, owns a farm actually i don't think he owns the farm but he works on the farm though he has access to hunt that whole area in the eastern cape which is uh, near a, a town called bedford of all places sounds very english i guess there were some english uh people occupying before <laughs> yeah so we we did like a eight day hunting trip over there and just had like the best time like it, the time of year it was it was like november i think it was december so in the Southern hemisphere, like South Africa, that's like summer, summer. It's like hot, yeah. you know? And uh, sure, yeah. So we were doing some hot, like humid, sweaty. It was like a hundred degrees, like super hot, super sweaty, like chasing warthogs around. <laughs> like super fun, like hunting warthogs. Yeah. Warthogs are some of the funnest things to hunt, man. They're like, they're like a great combination like pigs general pigs like european boar or russian boar as they're called they i mean they're a fun thing to hunt as well but they are as i said before a little less aware (laughs) at times they're a bit less aware whereas like warthogs are like that mixture of like antelope awareness they're not as aware as antelope but they they're definitely a lot smarter a lot more aware but they're still pigs and they love to like stick their faces in the mud as well (laughs) you know, it's like Pumba. They're like this amazing, yeah. they're like cartoon characters running around. So, oh, we had so much fun, like chasing around pigs, um, doing that together. Like, uh, yeah, a couple of, had a couple of successful hunts. He shot like four or five of them, I think. Wow. But I, I got a couple. And um, yeah, just like your classic kind of walk and stalk moments, like uh, getting up high, seeing some stuff in the valley, you know, seeing like one hunt in particular was really good um there's this area in, in on fred's farm uh which is called he calls it number 10 downing street and it's like this <laughs> cliff it's like a cliff um which can see down into the valley and you can see it almost like a map it's almost like a like a, a gameplay like it's like layout so yeah. you can get up there and you can look down and you can see just a shitload of everything no that's cool not, almost everything you know and so that's why it goes it's down 10 and um, uh, number 10 down street because you can see the world from there <laughs> <laughs> so, so um that obviously appealed to me in my english uh, traits maybe he even just said that to button me up that's is that let me ask i think i know the reference that's where the queen lives is that right oh okay yeah no, sorry i'm making a very specific I, I, knew, I knew it was a uh, an english reference it's and, an english uh, reference number 10 okay. downing street is where the prime minister uh, the person That's who runs, the person who runs the country uh, gets to live. Like every time that there's a, an election, the new I knew prime it was the queen or the prime minister. I couldn't I couldn't couldn't yeah. uh, tell the difference. But the, okay, queen, that's awesome. The queen doesn't live anywhere certainly anymore. Uh, that is true. May she rest in peace. Absolutely. But the royal family is in Buckingham Palace and various other okay. ridiculous places. Um, yeah. So yeah, just had had a great time. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, what, some of those classic kind of like walk and stalk, spot it, stalk in, manage to make, you know, I think there was some extra complications with, um, there's a lot of fallow deer there as well, which are amazing. Okay. 
don't know if you're familiar with Fallow. You must have them in Texas, I guess. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. This is there. These amazing cool guys. They have a they have a crazy little bark on them, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah. And um, it's actually the rut right now there, which oh, is really? like. Yeah, it's great. I was talking to him on the phone a couple of days ago and he's like, oh, can you hear this? Like, you just hear them barking everywhere. I'm so <laughs> jealous. It sounds so fun. Um, yeah, anyway, so trying to like uh, like maneuver around fallow deer and other creatures and get to the, the warthog and uh, yeah, get the shot. And uh, yeah, so that was great. Had some good, good experiences. But I guess... The thing that I kind of wanted to get to is after a few days of hunting and we got like a few warthogs on the ground, obviously made a bunch of mistakes. Do you eat warthogs? Sorry to interrupt, but do you eat those or? Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. They taste really, really good. Yeah. So like, I think at the end of this trip, I'm trying to think how much warthog, like Caden, you know, it's nice having the local connection. So we went in Caden's car and left with, it was like 125 kilos of meat. So what's that? Like 250 pounds of maybe yeah. more, 270 pounds of war, uh, warthog meat in the back. Wow. So good. Yeah, and it makes really good sausage. And um, is that? Ex- I, and I assume you you fly it all back home. Is that expensive to get it all back, or do you? Just- Sadly, you. I don't. I don't. I need to check what the rules are. But I think that you can't bring like meat from Africa to the U.S. Okay. So it's at the in-laws waiting for you then exactly so that's the kind of one thing that's like i guess a unique perk for me is that i can like run around doing this stuff and know that i'm putting meat in their deep freezer yeah and you know so they yeah and they love it like i still get messages from them going oh the sausages are so good (laughs) (laughs) so so it's great yeah it's good um yeah so like after maybe four or five days of me and caden running amok chasing you know various animals and getting warthogs on the ground uh fred who's um you know a like a hunting guide as well as a a farmer but also it turns out like an amazing bow hunter he's been hunting for 15 20 years in the area like bow hunting um he seemed very amused by all our stories and then was like okay like uh well i'll i'll take you out um maybe tomorrow afternoon then if you uh if you if you're up for it you know and like i mean i didn't really know the context of the situation i think i'm just like a new guy in the area but caden was very excited about this prospect he was like okay. i'm like yeah of course amazing yeah please come so you know we mess around the next morning i don't know probably messed up some hunts <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then fred basically gets um picks us up with his like 1980s uh uh, truck like very retro looking truck and then drives us to to this other area which is um very known for like water buck and water buck is like uh can be about 700 pound animal it's this amazing wow. thing it's like got swoop, like one single sweep to the horns um and yeah they're just incredible animals you know like they're long fur yeah. not super long but like slightly longer fur than a lot of the other antelope that you'd see but anyway, we, you know, we drove over there and um, it was like, I don't know, probably 2.30 um, and like got got to the gate and everything, got in. It's all very like, it's just someone's farmland, you know, like it's not, not like a big hunting farm. Actually, the thing that's really nice about that whole area in the Eastern Cape is that it's 
like low fence it's um, they kind of have like a conservancy agreement amongst all of the whole area which is like they don't want to high fence it it's all kind of like protected not protected but like you know they have an agreement to like keep it as like open free range animals got it so like yeah, that's pretty cool to, yeah to hunt like free range animals in that huge huge area is just like yeah it's yeah. incredible it's not just like high fence uh, hunting it's really special so yeah, we get there and Fred, I'm kind of hoping that this is what's going to happen, but Fred, basically we get there, we drive in a little bit and he drops Caden off uh, and Fred's like, all right, I'm going to take you out now. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be good. By that time, Caden had like told me how much of a ninja Fred is. And uh, yeah, like what proceeded to kind of unfold was maybe like the craziest two and a half hours of hunting mayhem I've ever experienced in my life. Like we got to that area and we actually wear all um, like leafy jackets there. Like those guys okay. wear leafy jackets. It's like a thing I never really thought it was necessary. And I just by chance bought one as an experiment before going. Like a, a ghillie suit? Is like a ghillie you... suit jacket, okay. exactly. Yeah. Just the okay. top. And they would do that and then like put like, you know, or like a hat and they, the ones they have have a hood, a hood on. Okay. So, does that affect like with a bow? Because I'm thinking it's just going to catch all that little, you know, dangly stuff as, as you're pulling back and then letting go. Yeah, no, you're right. It can. It can. But I actually have like one of those nerdy arm guard things. Okay. You know, like if you're like a beginning archer or whatever. Yeah. So either like a, a neck gator slid over the arm or, uh, you know. Gotcha. Like so you just tie it in. Those leaves. Or you can just cut the leaves away. But I haven't, I haven't done that yet. Like, um, so okay, I just got one it. of those things on just to prevent the string from getting in the way. Yeah. So he's also got one of those things, but he doesn't have a bow mm -hmm. and he's walking around with his hood up and I'm following him. And it literally feels like I'm playing a video game. Like <laughs> at this moment, he's walking around with this like hood up, like door, like hands behind his back, just walking around. And I'm just like following him around. I'm surprised how fast he's moving. Like, I've always been like perhaps overly cautious, but like very, very slow, you know, trying to like not spook anything, like very fearful of spooking anything. Yeah. Don't want to break any sticks, you know? Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. And the great is like just walking, like walking around. And I'm like, how is this, how is this even going to work? Like this guy's moving so quick. And then suddenly like, boop, he just stops, puts his hand out like behind him, not lifting it or anything, just puts his hand out. And he's just like really leans over his shoulder and says, do you want to shoot that kudu over there? And I like, look, <laughs> what are you talking in my head? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't managed to get closer than like 90 yards to a kudu. Those things are called the gray ghost for a reason. They're crazy. Like they have super senses. Yeah. Like, look across and there's like a cow kudu with his head behind a branch, like chewing or her head, I should say, chewing, um, chewing a leaf, like 18 yards away. Like the thing no is like, right next to us. And I had no idea it was even there. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, like immediately, <laughs> oh, instantly rattled. And I grab my, like try and get my, oh, get my arrow in or whatever, like in my, in the guard, in, in, you know, get everything knocked and stuff. And I think I do it quietly, but like that thing is, you know, the gray ghost hears me once again. Yeah. And this trots off into the, into the thick brush. And this terrain, I should probably describe it is, it's like, uh, they call them thickets. It's like thick bushes that are probably maximum 10 feet high. And it's a lot of these like thick 
brushy bushes all over the place with just small clearings of like grassland all around. Yeah. So this is kind of the terrain that we're going to going around here. And uh, yeah, so then that, that, that's that moment done. Like, um, he's like, cool, let's move on. He carries on walking back into the video game, like prancing around, like chasing after him, like trying to keep up and still walk quietly. And he's taught me all these things about how to walk, like only walking on the outsides of your feet um, is like a way of moving your foot very, very quietly. Even if you're walking fast, you can actually be a lot quieter. Huh. I'm not sure if you, I'm sure people- I've never heard that. No, that's that's brilliant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice that. <laughs> right, yeah, so just try it. It's like heel to toe and always rolling on the outside of your foot. And that will be a lot quieter over all terrain, you know? The other thing they also do is they wear very soft, rubbery, flat-soled shoes. It's almost like a desert shoe. Do you know like a desert boot? Uh, anyway, no. it's a specific type of shoe. It's like tread, thick, grippy tread, and big boots make a lot of noise. So they wear these like super quiet shoes that they can like just trot about on like quiet, squishy shoes. That it's very. Fun. I mean, they don't have a lot of like steep, nasty terrain that they're hunting in. Yeah. But obviously, it wouldn't be practical if you're trying to go down a sheer slope. But yeah. in that that environment. That, that it's like huh. it's a huge difference there's a huge number of like small details with the things that they so do you, right now my pronghorn hunt i just threw my boots in the truck like that's it yeah. they're gone i'm switching yeah. i'm switching to tennis shoes or something no well, continue sure. continue i'm excited no, no, it's, well, it's actually worth trying like something which is like flatter softer sold shoes might help if you're trying to get in close on pronghorn with a bow on a pronghorn yeah. with a bow um so yeah then the hunt continues this is just two and a half hours so this is like 20 minutes in when we're moving through the thickets, moving through, seeing things, we're seeing animals like there's Impala and there's uh, things called Blesbok, mm -hmm. which are about the size of like white tailed deer. They're pretty amazing looking. They've got very strange shape, shaped horns. A Blesbok is like B-L-E-S-B-O-K. Um, yeah. So we're kind of like moving through the, through the terrain and yeah, we get to like this area. Fred looks pretty excited. We're like moving through, moving through, trying to get close, but it's very tricky because when there's so many animals in all the thickets, there's so many pairs of eyes. It's really hard, except it's not hard following Fred because like somehow <laughs> we're just like running around and not being detected by an animal. I just don't understand what's happening. Like, yeah, I've, I've never experienced anything like it. Just moving around unseen is just remarkable. Like how, I've never experienced that. I've never been able to achieve that, right? Yeah. To the level of detail of like, okay, he finds this blessed block and it's like, okay, we've got a clearing. There's a trophy blessed block up here. Follow me. He's moving super fast. He gets on the ground and starts moving through this really thick brush. But the way he was crawling, it wasn't like you would imagine, like, I don't know, you or I would like crawl. It was like, you're on your hands and knees and you're like crawling with your bow in your hand and, you know, that kind of thing. He later explained to me that that's not a way to move because if you crawl on all fours, you look like a predator. Huh. You know, like, and, and I yeah, guess it's the same, same in the US. Yeah. You look like a bear or a lion. You know, that's yeah. how. They so, what he would do is he would be, I'm trying to describe this for the, you know, audio, but like, <laughs> imagine if you're on your knees with sitting on your heels. He would take one huge lean forwards with his left foot, reach out like long, straight leg, and then put all his weight on that next foot and slide up like upright, like moving whoop, up to his next spot to like reset and do it again and again and again and again. Does that make sense? 
Kind of, yeah, I think so. So, so yeah, basically just like this weird kind of syncopated movement, which is like squatting on sitting on your heels, stretch out with your leg, move forwards. Then again, same squatting position. And then so upright the whole time. Okay. Kind of upright, yeah. And what that does is it means you're moving like it's like one movement and then stop. One movement and then stop. It's not like a constant movement. And that was just like animals don't detect you if you're moving the way that they move, which is like moving a little bit, stop, move a little bit, stop, you know, and yeah, just bonkers. Like the level of detail. Yeah. Hours of just like learning that he's done. That's crazy. Okay. So we got in like, and somehow got into this clearing and moved in on these animals. There's like 20 animals around us. None of them have seen us. The wind is working. I don't know how. And he's (laughs) like, okay, this bless block, this is a trophy bless block. Always the best thing to tell someone before having them to take a shot. It's like, this is a really big bless block. You need to take this shot through this window. He points at a window, which is a hole in the bushes, maybe, I don't know, six, seven inches across. Yeah. I'm like, that's a pretty small hole to shoot through. <laughs> I'm gonna t- he's like, I'm going to tell you the range. He has my range finder. And uh, yeah, he, he lines it up and says okay shuffle in i'll shuffle in the way he's taught me try and do everything right try not to fuck up (laughs) (laughs) like i'm in like absolute awe at this moment and uh yeah i draw back and everything and he's like okay shoot tells me exactly where to shoot it's a quartering away shot like line it up through the hole and everything everything feels perfect like pull through the shot feels perfect i like the arrow goes and somehow it just just drops below it i don't know what happened if it if it hit like the thicket or or what it was, I just didn't understand. I just, you know, like you take a shot and you've got like absolute confidence that this thing is, whoop, that's where it's going. Yeah. And it just went whoop, down and the thing ran, bolted. And it was only after, like just after, as it was bolting, I realized I hadn't heard the like characteristic, like thunk, like meaty thwack of the, the arrow hitting. Yeah, so I didn't know what it was. Like maybe the range wasn't quite right. It had moved like a couple of yards and I was aiming too low or I don't know. I, you know, like I kind of had this moment of like, oh no. What How far the... was it? Like so what I think did he it range was, it for you? Oh, he said 24 and I think it was maybe, could have been 27, you know? Okay. So is it, I was shooting 640 grain arrows. So okay. they have a bit of weight. That's a, he- that's a heavy arrow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, he, I had this like, look, obviously I must've just looked horrified. Like, what did I do wrong? I like looked at him, <laughs> but he immediately like cracks a smile and is like, Hey, that's bow hunting. You know, like it's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, cool. It's not, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So at that point, Fred had told me before we even started, like, you're likely to get one good chance on an animal. Like we're probably going to get one good chance. And so we'd already had like two, well, one and a half chances, you know? Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, but let's just, let's just try, let's just try again. You know, like, let's just keep going. We've got like probably an hour of daylight left. Let's just go. Um, So again, back in the video game, charging behind him, (laughs) like moving moving through like open ground, open ground, like crouching, crawling in my way, like just trying to do everything the way he does it. Just trying to like not mess up. And uh, yeah, we got to a clearing and at this moment, like Fred looks around at me very 
excited look on his face. He'd been like pretty calm before this moment, but he had like a giddy look in his eye and he was like, this is a very big trophy in Parlor Ram. Like, <laughs> we're very <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, basically I hadn't seen it at that moment, but he's like, oh, get ready, get ready, draw back, like draw back, get, get ready. You know, like the thing, and basically there was a clearing and this, this Impala Ram, and I should describe an Impala. I don't know if anyone has been along on this journey and has looked at like a Springbok. An Impala <laughs> is kind of a little bit like a Springbok, but another very common uh, antelope. Uh, looks a little bit like a speed goat as well. Um, but like, again, Impalas are like very lean and like elegant looking, but they have very, um, they're actually quite a lot bigger than a Springbok. You know, yeah. I don't know, like up to like 150 pounds or something like that. I don't know. I think I wrote it down here somewhere. What do they get to? 170. Okay. And it was a really big one. Again, oh my God, this is a trophy. This is like, this is a really good one. You've got to get this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, great. Um, so I line up and I can see this, this thing is going through the clearing. He's walking from right to left across this clearing towards the thickets. Like, and he's just not stopping. You know, I'm drawn back. I'm anchored. Everything feels perfect. I'm waiting, but I don't really want to shoot. The range is 40, 44 yards, I think. Okay. So it's a bit of a poke. Um, yeah. not, not impossible at all. Um, like a comfortable, a comfortable distance. And basically just before, like, I think like this thing's going to be gone. But just behind me, I hear like sound. And Fred is just whistles like that single high-pitched note behind me. And that Impala just stops and like, raises his head and just looks towards us. And at that moment, like, funk, like, just oh, pulled through. Perfect. Everything feels perfect. Like, bam, that arrow is flying perfect. You know, like, I'm like, this is fucking, it's like, the miss before is not even in my memory. Like, it's, yeah. And I watch my arrow, like, flying, like, perfectly towards the, the kill zone. And then to my absolute amazement this is something i've never seen before i've heard of like jumping the string and all that stuff and i've seen it a bit this thing is walking from right to left okay across the paddock it drops down so low right gets up turns around and is like two lengths away before the arrow even gets there no way <laughs> yeah. i mean the thing i mean my my arrow is probably going like 275 feet per second it's not going stupidly slow like yeah. The thing I've just, it was like, I, all I did is I saw the thing go and then my arrow just perfectly going through the grass, like the grass where, where it had yeah. been. I just couldn't believe it. And I wasn't even, at the time, I became perhaps annoyed and bitter about it later. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just amazed, just amazed. Yeah. And I didn't know that, I mean, you know, I've seen blacktails jump and other things like pigs jump a bit, occasionally like uh, warthogs, but like, wow, I've never seen yeah. anything. Like how an animal can move that quickly, um, which is just mind blowing, you know. Thousands of years of predators, right? <laughs> being chased Millions by lions. Of years. Millions of years being chased by lions. Lions and leopards and everything else, like trying to trying <sighs> to get them. That's still pretty cool, though. That's cool to experience something like that, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that the day was over, but then we, you know. It, it very nearly was. And we're like, okay, let's just head back to the truck, see what we can do. Again, one more time. Fred, very excited. Oh, this is the biggest water buck I've ever seen in my life, which is <laughs> 100 pounds, like an elk-sized animal. But it was walking. 
like it, it decided it was going to bed or something and I'm chasing I've never been so out of breath trying to be stealthy in my life yeah. like I'm like it's almost like you're trying to run like <laughs> I say it's like trying to run the 100 meter hurdles with with a ceiling that's only like four foot high <laughs> Okay. It was crazy. Like he's like, we have to intercept this thing before the wind gets to us. It's just like literally grabs me by the sleeve and is like charging through the brush, like silently somehow. We're just moving, 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 and the thing isn't spooking. We just keep going. Sadly, we just couldn't quite close the distance on the thing because the animal's so big. It's like it's thinking the size of an elk. That thing's just walking and it's going really quick. You know, you've got yeah. to move so fast. You had a jog. Is it walking? Exactly. Yeah that's crazy man so yeah you know like um that was like two and a half hours of absolute insanity like two arrows loosed on like amazing animals and i just, as much as i wish that um that like it had gone the other way and i'd hit those animals like the amount i learned and like almost yeah. like the way that the world was opened up to me about like oh wow this is like how good hunting skills can be you know yeah wow it's crazy to think that like in that two and a half hours, you had more opportunity than I've ever had bow hunting <laughs> and oh. I've been doing it for a couple of years. Dude. That's so, that's crazy. It's so crazy. And then, I mean, the funny thing is this, I'll be very brief cause I know we, we need to wrap up, but um, we were like wrapping up and leaving. And um, actually in the meantime, Caden had been having a whole like party with four giant kudu bulls who were fighting in a bush. Like <clears throat> you just heard this like, <clears throat> like, Crack, crack. Noise. and he's like what is going on and there's just these giant kudus butting heads like in the in the in the thickets so he got wow. to win didn't sadly couldn't quite close uh like make it actually the only animal that he could take a shot on was like the only one that didn't have full mature horns and the kind of there's an unwritten rule about not taking shots on immature kudu there yeah but yeah so that happened and then fred enjoyed uh, like taking us out so he offered to take take me out again the next day and that was a really fun we were like chasing animals around like we actually got in close to another water buck and some other creatures we actually had a bunch of zebra as well which is really cool couldn't yeah. close the distance on the zebra like we did all kinds of attempts moving around the wind was changing going that was like a big clearing and the funniest thing was and i'd heard fred tell a story about this before um, but I, and I, you know, I wasn't skeptical, but I hadn't seen it for myself. But the last thing that he tried on these zebra was um, if you, and this is something that's crazy. I didn't know you could do this. This is like ninja, <laughs> ninja level shit. Okay. But like, if you get on all fours and crawl along on the ground towards them and make really loud pig noises, like, <laughs> and like grab, <laughs> grab grass and throw it loudly in there. Like, <laughs> and like, and like just throw it around. Like you're just like a giant pig having a big old, like, I don't know, like burrowing around in the ground, like tearing grass and all kinds of shit. Animals don't run away. They're like, Whoa, what's going on over there? And they're like, yeah. actually come in. Like That's they so funny. come closer. So, yeah the last ditch thing we tried was was doing that with these uh, with these zebra and he started doing it in front of me and uh i, I couldn't believe it these these zebra were, like coming in like 70 60 or like maybe more like 80 70 like 65 yeah. 60 like just getting in closer and closer just like just like 
just this weird like oh what's going on over there what's going like just didn't didn't understand what they were looking at and yeah. I, I mean, admittedly I also got very excited having heard that story the night before and decided to start doing my own uh, dramatic representation of a pig on the on the ground <laughs> probably not quite as good as Fred's like, throwing grass in the air like this is great I was like having a moment and at that moment then Fred like looked around at me and was like you concentrate on shooting the animal I'll be the pig you know? <laughs> Like, oh, sorry, Fred. <laughs> so, That's yeah. awesome. But I believe it, man. I believe it. Here's something that happened to me literally like three days ago. And it's, uh, it is not wild pig and, you know, kudu or zebra in Africa. So in Texas, right, we have whitetail everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and at any given moment, there's 10 to 15 in my yard. And so we have a, we have a giant cat, like Maine Coon, largest domestic breed of cat. The cat weighs like 30 something pounds, wow. not fat, just, just a big old cat. And he ran past my wife, ran past me, runs into the yard and into our neighbor's yard. And he just sits down and there's 15 deer. Like, what is that? Huh. And they start, and they start to do what white tail do, you know, the, <laughs> and they're stomping yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, hopping yeah. and they're stomping. And he's just sitting there looking at them and he kind of looks like he's going to start playing with them. And all of a sudden, all of these deer start coming in. And I'm just sitting there in my garage, just looking out here. And uh, eventually my cat gets tired. He runs off the other way. And they're like, what was that? And they all come in. And, I, and they realize, or I realize, yeah. they realize that I'm sitting there 10 feet from them. And there's like yeah. 10 deer just walked right up to me because I wasn't moving. But the, the cat was enough for them to go like, what the hell's going yeah. on over here? Yeah. So I believe your strategy. Um, and I have a little video of all these deer basically chasing after my giant cat. So... <laughs> yeah, like it's got to be a thing to try then like in uh in the future i think like yeah, yeah it's just, i was, I mean, it's I was telling happening. my buddies i'm like hey if we go whitetail this year i'm bringing my cat I'm like that's all there is to it i'm just gonna <laughs> throw him out of the blind we're gonna see what happens <laughs> maybe we'll get lucky yeah so yeah oh, i mean that's kind of uh kind of where i'm at i mean i guess like i've done a bit of turkey hunting and stuff uh since then but um yeah, that was like a major kind of turning point of realizing what what's possible. Uh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend like if you ever get a chance to get over to South Africa and want to bow hunt, then Fred, uh, yeah, I mean, I can always introduce you, dude. Like, um, yeah, I think you actually already did. So I'm going to try. And oh, get no, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. No, I, I need to reach right? back out to Fred because he he sent me a little voicemail and uh, it couldn't sounded like a friendlier guy. So I'm excited. Now that I know that he does such good pig impressions, I can't wait to talk to him, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if for anything, if for anything for that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but Robin, man, we're, we, we've been talking for a few hours now and this has been awesome, but I know you have a turkey story for me. Let's wrap <laughs> it up. Let's wrap it up with the, uh, the turkey story. You said it was uh, uh, kind of <laughs> silly. So go, go for it and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, I have been like, it's turkey season right now in California. So I've been having fun running around with a bow. <clears throat> have had a bit of success. So that was good. I managed to get like a nice bird 10 days ago, like a 22 pound, I think about 22 pound turkey, which around here apparently is pretty big. Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys got out there? Rios? Oh, dude, I don't know. Turkeys. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I should ask uh, people who are more knowledgeable than me. Probably should have done that before coming on. But, right. um, yeah, I can't I tell the difference. If I kill a turkey, it's a turkey, but apparently it's there's there's types. There's, so. Yeah, there's nuances. Um, yeah, so yeah, I got 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 one, and um, yeah, the thing uh, I got a shot on that turkey, and it then just like kamikaze straight off a canyon down. This is just, actually there seems to be a recurring theme here. Um, 
straight down into like a river to my panic i was like oh no i'm gonna have to hopefully I, you know with all the rain that's been happening now i guess it's snow for other people uh, i thought that that turkey was going to wash away but actually i managed to get down but i had to actually go down probably like 50 yards further downstream and then like undress and wade all the way up to get the bird <laughs> oh that was very cold water so i yeah i think okay, it was like yeah. 10 minutes i was like maneuvering through that i had no sensation in my feet or legs so yeah that was definitely that's funny i'll tell you a quick turkey story um yeah. this wasn't it wasn't even a successful turkey hunt but we found this spot we went one day and we heard gobbles all morning we heard them in the evening we we saw a bunch of sign we just couldn't pull them off of private into the public area when we were actually there um the next weekend we go back and it had rained for a few days and this okay. the spot you kind of drop down and you just cross over a really mild creek like nothing i mean it's a river but at the point where you cross it it feels like a creek there's a board you just walk right across it's nothing but apparently yeah. it's the runoff for the entire area and this is colorado pretty steep hills so all of that moisture came right down into that canyon and we couldn't get across really and so we're like well what do we do and so like we just spent so we were there hours before sunup and it took us a few hours to finally find a log and in retrospect this is the dumbest thing i've ever done <laughs> but it's like a 15 feet across yeah. and it's probably the only spot where the water is like actually really deep and rushing and like my buddy and i are trying to cross over. I, th I don't think we were using our bows. I think we had shotguns. So we're trying to like get across. We've got our big bags, bags on the, everything's wet and slippery. And like, we're trying to get across and like, he gets across. Okay. And then I get across barely. And then, and then it turns out we're now on an Island. So like, we didn't need to solve our problem at all. Like, <laughs> so we go to the other side of the Island and uh, we're, tr we're trying to, it's much safer on this side. The water's not rushing quite as far. And of course my buddy falls in, he's, he's oh, way okay. steep. First thing in the morning, you know, basically snow runoff. It was just, just a miserable experience. Um, but w again, we didn't even see any turkeys that day. But on the way home, <laughs> I'm like, why, are we, why did we do this? Like, this is the dumbest thing we could have done. We could easily die here. Um, we're like throwing our shotguns to each other to try and take all of it. So we're not going across this log again with like all this extra weight. It was just, oh, turkeys, man. They're dumb. Yeah, but, everything yeah. about them, but they're fun. They are. And when it does work out, it's great, you know, like, um, but they will, they'll punish you. Um, For like, sure. I guess like the last thing I, um, today, I was just got back from turkey hunting. Bit of a silly one, I guess. It wasn't successful, sadly. It could have so easily been successful. <laughs> <laughs> My own stupidity. I got to a really good spot. I was high up on a ridge. Perfect. Everything felt good. I like let out a call. No, actually, you know, I put out my meeps, like did my, you know, like meep, yeah. meep, whatever. And then immediately, bam, gobble straight back. I'm like, oh shit, it's been a while. Like I haven't heard any gobbles, but this one sounds keen. Again, back straight back, bam, gobble straight back. Okay. I'm like, okay, this is sounding good. I think it's going to happen. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to set up, pull out like a decoy, put it up in the, like just on the edge of the ridge line and everything. Just waiting. Probably by this point, it's been three or four minutes. I like go, okay, I'm just going to test once more. Just give it like another few meeps. Bam, again, straight away. Like, but it sounds to me like the gobble is the same distance. So I'm yeah. like, okay, it sounds like, I don't know, they may be like 200 yards away, you know? Okay. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like, oh shit, this thing's coming, you know, like you get a sense of like how quick it's coming. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get in place. I'm going to wait. Maybe they'll show up. Oh, my instant 
thought was like, oh, maybe they're not coming then. But I then sat there for a moment and then was like, oh, I don't know if this position's good. Like where I think they're going to come out, the turkeys, the gobbler, I, there was like, um, like a ridgeline uh, fire road, right? And, it, and so I could see the, the fire road going away from me and, and I thought, okay, turkeys are going to come over just a little hilltop, just 40 yards behind where the decoy is. But shit, the decoy is kind of almost in line with where I am. Now, what I've heard is that, like, if you're right behind where the decoy is, you're kind of in the line of sight. So if you move a whisker, yeah. bust. they're going to they're gonna bust you, you know? So I was like, oh, shit. Okay, okay I'm going to move. I'm going to move. I'm going to move. Like, <laughs> so I move across to the left and I get over there and I'm like, oh, fuck. This is, like, also in bright sunlight. This is not feeling good either. I'm like, okay, right, well, I still feel like I have time. They didn't even respond. Like, it didn't sound like they'd moved in that time. So I'm like, I know. Okay, I'm, I need a piss as well. I'm just going to have a quick piss. So <laughs> I like put my bow down, you know, like, okay, pretty casual. And then I just immediately hear like the clucking of turkeys approaching. As soon as I'm there, like, of course, the steel is broken. I hear clucking and I like see a turkey's head pop up over exactly where I thought they were going to come out on that fire road. Bump 40 yards away. And I, I'm like there in a ghillie jacket, like, and the camo on my face and it must just look like a you know like a, a bush is having a piss in, yeah. in, 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 in just to the side of the road but the thing was looking at me but it wasn't quite spooked yet but i'm like in this situation where like fuck uh, like my bow is on the ground and my dick is in my hand and that 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 is what <laughs> that is what what's going on right now i'm like oh fuck i really um screwed the pooch on this one but i just waited like like it didn't, it didn't seem bothered, um, but it like kind of went behind a tree and I quickly like dropped down like to get to my bow. But what I didn't know is there was another turkey just in the bushes behind it. And that one immediately started like putting and they were kind of like, oh, something's up now. So I was like yeah. then you know, on the ground, like busted and they, and they ran That's out. so funny, man. I, I have also been turkey hunting and been caught pissing. Uh, but I, but I did actually kill the turkey. I've told this story before. I'll tell you the the, the quicker version. Okay. Um, but it was my first turkey, and it was like four days Western Colorado. This guy is he's my turkey hunting mentor. Basically, found him on Facebook of all places. But we oh, hunted man. hard, yeah. like harder, as hard as I've hunted for any elk hunt I've ever hunted in my life. So we're going for it, and it's our last day. Um, and we find it's like three. No, it's four, it's four turkeys, two toms, two hens. And they're just having fun. They're just like, you know, gobbling like crazy and clucking and purring. And uh, we try and set up decoys and call them in. But they're like, why would we go over there? We got, we got everything we need over here. We got our foursome. So I, I'm like, the entire four days, I'm like, hey, should I crawl over to these turkeys as we're trying to call them in? And the guy's <laughs> like, no, just wait here. And so this time I look at him and he's like, all right, time to start crawling. So I'm like, Shut <laughs> so I, I drop down and I'm doing the crawl that you're talking about uh, earlier with a, you know, on the knees and the elbows, you know, crawling yeah, yeah, around yeah. with my shotgun. I'm crawling over elk shit and, and mule deer shit and uh, over barbed wire fences. And I get to them. And of course, as soon as I clear this brush, it's in between us and them. They just start going south of me. And I'm like, all right, well, let's keep crawling. So I'm crawling, but I can't crawl as fast as these turkeys can walk. So yeah. all of a sudden I'm getting a little higher and I'm starting to do a little bit of a, of a bigger, you know, more of a, a hunched over a walk <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going and I crawled probably a hundred yards and I'm like 200 yards downhill from these things. And 
all of a sudden I spook them and I'm like, shit. And like three, the three birds just take off and they fly yeah. away. And I'm like, I didn't even know turkeys could fly. Who knew? Um, either way, I, like I've been crawling for like 45 minutes. So I just get up, stand up in that spot and just start peeing. And next thing I know, the ones that took off are goblin. And I'm like, what? And, and then I hear the other one gobble. I didn't know three had flown away. And the, the main, the big, the big bird was still doing his thing. So he was just, you know, strutting away, having fun, thinking the other turkeys are right behind him. But when they gobbled, he was like, holy shit. And so he just stood up and turned around and started yeah. walking right back down the ridge line. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like get that away. I'm trying to put my pecker away. And uh, I just, and we're in a big burn area. So there's no cover. So I just sort of like lean up on this tree and I'm like, I'm kind of covered. And if I just sit like this, he'll eventually walk right in front of my, my shotgun. So I'm sitting there and I wait and I wait and I wait and boom, I dropped the biggest of the, of the birds. Cause the other ones called him over for me. Really? Um, and, but like you said, I, I was, I had my gun on the ground. I was holding my pecker and I just like, I thought I had, all hope was lost. Um, and then I'm like trying to find my buddy. As it turns out, he was calling for me behind me. Um, and when I went to go find him, he was nowhere to be found. What he, he could actually see us all. And so he'd actually walked to where they were walking and was waiting behind like some bush, just waiting to ambush them. So like they were dead, um, apparently, according to him. But yeah, yeah. either way, it was, it, was a, it was a fun, a really fun hunt. Um, oh, it's not, so funny. And it's not often you, get, you see animals with your, your Johnson out and you actually have any luck. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. show one weapon then show them the other one <laughs> exactly exactly just hope they don't think it's some kind of little worm or something yeah right well this has been fun man this has been a lot of fun i i appreciate you reaching out i'm glad yeah. Preston connected us um i don't know if you have anything that you want to share with the people anything you want to send them to otherwise you can just fade away into the mist <laughs> Um, I don't have a whole bunch of social media presence or anything, but actually I think what would be good is, um, I think, uh, my friend, Fred, who I was hunting with, who, uh, I'm guessing you'll potentially have a chat with soon, but, uh, yeah, yeah I'd love to give his Instagram. Like he, I mean, as I said before, he's a professional hunter, uh, hunting guide over in South Africa. So if you guys ever want to go have like a proper authentic free range bow hunt, uh, in the, in the eastern cape then yeah i would recommend i've got i wrote, wrote it down here somewhere what's his uh, what it? i mean i guess i don't know if it's like a show notes thing i could just say now it's uh yeah no i mean if you if you uh have it now go ahead and okay. say it and i'll put it yeah, in the show all, notes as well all lowercase uh frederick uh f-r-e-d-e-r-i-c uh like underscore hammer h-a-m-m-e-r yeah it's actually his surname so it's a pretty cool surname <laughs> yeah right Frederick Hammer. Pulling him up right now. Frederick Hammer. Would definitely recommend. Very yeah. good. So if anything, to learn a bunch as well. That's the thing that was most amazing. Right. Very cool animals. Yeah. Cool. Thanks very much for having me, Michael. Yeah, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, the way that you're going after it and the amount of opportunities you're getting, I feel like I can reach out to you every six months and you'll have like a bucket of new stories for me, man. So. <laughs> I feel like I maybe like uh, gave you gave you too much to start with, but yeah, I maybe I'll have to go get some more. I'll have to go get some yeah. more. Yeah, man, that's the plan. Thank you again, Robin. I appreciate it to to the listeners out there. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Robin's stories as much as I did. So thanks again, Robin. Awesome. Thanks very much for having me. All right, folks, that's it. 
another couple stories in the books. I want to thank, of course, Robin for coming on and sharing his adventures with us. Um, he's got a, a super unique story being a newer hunter and then, of course, the do-it-yourself in South Africa. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to these stories as much as I did having the conversation with Robin. Um, that being said, check out the show notes. Uh, we've got a couple links down there for you for the, the guides that he specifically talked about in South Africa, if that's something you're interested in. Um, also, make sure you follow us and share the podcast with literally everybody you know. It's the only way that we're going to grow. Um, and it's the only way that we're going to get more crazy stories like the ones Robin told for us today. So uh, that's it, guys. Thanks again. Robin, thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. Now, everybody, get out there and make some stories of your own. Thank you. Thank you.